and you are watching another Blewitz Blitz film review. He has that ability to, trust me, he definitely does. Just his ability to catch balls outside of his frame, his leaping ability, his ability to hang in the air, his yak ability, it's, it's, it's all there. Lowers his helmet, low man wins, bang, rocks a guy. Hall running free, Reese Hall inside the 10, he's gonna score! The, the corners all do their job. You know, if you look at the if you look at the picture right here, lock, lock, lock. Third and one. Stevens always drilled. What a great defensive play. I don't try to Monday morning quarterback any of the reviews I do, and I'll try to be honest with a lot of those things I, I put up. And you are watching slash listening to another edition of Blue It Splits, joined by my friend Kyle Smith. Kyle, what is up? Hey, Joe. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay, Kyle. <laughs> um, just okay, so, Joe? Just, just, just okay. <laughs> but uh, so we we have a busy show um, today. Top 25 list, one of my favorite shows of the entire year. Um, we're also going to lump in. Uh, the best training camp battles to to watch, uh, just because I think the next episode will be on Kyle is the day before training camp. So I want to give it a little bit of breathing room for the top camp battles to watch. And also uh, our next show, we are ranking the Jets position groups and we are also comparing our groups versus the AFC East foes and stacking those groups. You know, who has the best defensive line? Who has the best tight ends? And ranking them one to four. So that's always a fun one. Kind of get a little peek inside the division. And um, to me, I, I definitely like to refer to you on that stuff just because you, I, th- I feel like you have a better knowledge of those teams. Even though you did AFC East bros quite a while ago. But still, still, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer to Kyle on some of that. Um, but Kyle, I'm doing okay. Are you doing more are you doing just okay as well i, I think I, I think i already asked this but i'm trying to transition so <laughs> you, you did ask me this that, that was uh-huh. listen sometimes you call me out when i say something stupid that was a terrible transition joe i'm calling mm-hmm. you out uh you know how i'm doing yeah. i said i'm doing okay that's why we had the whole i'm doing just okay joe like that's why we had that for the audience out there I could be better but could be a hell of a lot worse too um, but anyway uh regardless so uh yeah very much looking forward to getting into the top 25 joe um you know mm-hmm. When I was doing my list yesterday and also today, I was thinking like, well, Joe gave me a lot of shit for, you know, some of the ways I factored in some of my decisions and you felt that I put positional value too much into my factor last time, even though I said it was a very minor thing. So I don't know how much I really did that this time around, Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I can't wait to get into that. When do you want to do that? You want to do that later on, right? Yeah, so I think we're going to just say hello to some people in the chat. I saw Dakota was in here a while ago. Uh, Dozier? The Eagle thing was N- – who? No, no, Dakota. I don't know. I, it might be – I don't know. It might be Dakota J, actually. Or, or no, it, be, it will be Dakota D. It would be DD, right? So it's, I think it's Dakota J. I, I, I don't know. But Dakota was in here at the Green Heart. You have uh, Eagle thing less, uh, less than one month away until Jets football and Hard Knocks. It's time to nut up. Our Is the Hard Knocks 100% up. confirmed? It's, it's not 100% confirmed. That's um, what I – was wondering but this is by far the late i think i think they have announced it one year where it was J- like july 1st or 2nd and it was the cowboys um but this, well, is, this the, is the only and, time a team is like uh, vehemently against it like all the other yeah teams, at least get one team to volunteer 
Yeah, and it seems like the other teams are too. Like the, you know, I think it's the what it's the Bears, the Commanders, and there's uh, I think the Saints, and apparently none of the teams want it. And, and like I, like I was saying last week, kind of like I don't mean to shit on you know one jet drive or, or take flight, um, but we know what it is. Like it's a fluff beef, like a, a fluff piece to me. Hard knocks in terms of the what you're actually gaining from watching it, like the the insider info and stuff, is tenfold of what take flight is. So. Um, I would thoroughly enjoy Hard Knocks much more than the Take Flight thing or whatever it's called. Um, but they're they're both they're both good. But obviously, you're not going to get hired by the Jets and be a Jet team member and and start pulling up. Oh, I don't know how good Sam Darnold's Ackleson is going to be this year. Like, obviously, you have to be really really positive um, in in those incidences. So it, it seems like Hard Knocks going to happen. And and to me, um, I already I already spoke on this last week. It's really not the it's really not uh, anything crazy. I don't. I don't think the Jets are going to win or lose the Super Bowl or not make the playoffs because of the Hard Knocks or make the playoffs be, or if Hard Knocks isn't there. But with that being said, the team clearly doesn't want it. You have guys like Justin Hardy coming out. You have guys like Salah coming out and saying they don't want it. So if a team if the team thinks it's going to be a distraction, while I may enjoy it, I prefer that they don't have it just for the team's sake. But I also don't really care that much either way. Yeah. Um. It certainly will be very entertaining. I mean. I didn't watch the past couple seasons of Hard Knocks. I mean, I tried to watch the one with the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. What was it? A year or two ago, I watched either. I, I definitely watched the first episode, but I just I couldn't really get into it that much. Um, I used to watch all the Hard Knocks, like well, you know, way back when, uh, and I always found them thoroughly entertaining. Uh, but nothing was like that 2010 Jets season. And from what I hear, that was the best one too. A lot of people say that. And I, I assume a lot of that had to do with Rex Ryan, but yeah, this is your team. You know, we were so close last year, you know, we were a half away from making it to the Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, when your team is the team, you know, you're much more invested. And then there's also the part of it where it's like, you want to hear, you know, cause all those clips are going to be posted on social media and stuff and, you know, analyzed by all these fans and stuff. And, Whenever somebody talks about your team, you're more invested because you either want to say, oh, this guy's an idiot or you want your team exposed for whatever reason. You want the the lesser known players highlighted who might not make it on the fantasy rosters or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like it'll be cool, like from like an like an interest standpoint, but it is a distraction to the team. And you do wonder uh, uh, to what extent that could interfere with the team's success this mm -hmm. year. And I tend to agree with you that I don't think it really um, could. I mean, listen, the Jets were on hard knocks and made it back to the AFC championship game again, the last time that they were actually good. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, like there's been a bunch of other teams that have made the playoffs and I guess not really gone super deep in the playoffs that I really remember. But, uh, you know, it, it's not like. Oh man, like yeah, yeah, you go on hard knocks and then you just have like a terrible season. I can't really think of many examples of that or whatever. So yeah. you know, I guess it is what it is. I almost I'm almost tempted to go back and watch the the Rex Ryan one just to relive some some memories. And he's like far enough in my past now where I'm not like still angry at the team and how it all went in 20, you know, 2013, 20 uh, what it was it was 2012, 13, 14 was the end of Rex, right? It was 14 because he came back for that year. Um yeah. But to me, I wonder too. And they and went you, and four kinda, and twelve that year for uh, twenty fourteen, and then he was fired, canned, and then Todd Bowles came in next season. Now, in terms of like you wanting to see some of the lesser players highlighted, there's been some there's people talk about maybe that's one of the downsides of Hard Knocks, where let's say I don't I don't know a Hamsa Nasruddin really kills or not not even Hamsa. Let's say let's say it's Zari Barnes 
Zaire. Isn't it Zaire? Zaire? Zaire, yeah, yeah. Somebody corrected me. It's Zaire. So Zaire Barnes, let's say that he kills it, but the Jets figure that they're going to have to put him on the practice squad, let's just say because they have Sherwood mm. and they re-signed mm. Quan back, but he's he's blowing up hard knocks and he's making all these social media, not social media rounds, but the highlights are showing up, the interviews are showing up, people talking about how much they like him. Is there a possibility that he gets like jacked from the practice squad or he, he doesn't clear waivers because of hard knocks? Or do you think that teams are going to do their due diligence regardless of hard, of hard knocks? This is a great question, a great thought experiment, which I did not think of myself. So I'm glad that you posed this. Um, okay. So you say that, uh, okay, so there's going to be more cameras on him. You know, you're going to see some of his practice tape that you wouldn't see otherwise and that teams certainly wouldn't see otherwise. Um, the thing is, is, you know, I, I would have to say that there might be a very slightly higher percentage that there's a greatest or greater chance that he's plucked off. I mean, like, you know, maybe a team also likes like, you know, because we, we know that teams also, va- uh, you know, value, you know, how a player handles himself. And, you know, if you see a guy handles himself well in the film room, he handles himself well in interviews, that might also make you fall in love with a player. Uh, so it, there could be a little bit of that. I mean, I would say it have to be a smaller, um, a, a very small percentage that maybe there's a greater likelihood that someone can get plucked off the practice squad. But I yeah. couldn't imagine that it would be uh, anything high because at the end of the day, what's the main thing that, you know, makes teams want to go after players is their preseason tape. And it's not like, and the preseason tape is available to every single team. All of them watch it. So it's not like he's getting, I mean, in this strange year, they do have the hall of fame game. So yes, he's going to get extra, an extra preseason game, but it's not like Mm -hmm. just because you're on hard knocks, you get more preseason plays. So, um, you know, maybe there might be a very small percent increase that he, someone like him or is more likely to get plucked. But, uh, it couldn't be that much, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with you. It, 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 I think it really just increases the the like one. It increases interviews, which they already don't want to do, and then you see stuff where um, you know is Becton always going to be in favor of the Jets coaching staff if he's interviewing? What he's going to say on 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 hard knocks? You know, is another player who might be disgruntled disgruntled? I don't I don't know. But let's let's move fast. It's already talked about hard knocks. We've been talking about hard knocks for a week, so there's really nothing to talk about, and that's why. This is almost like a throwback podcast, Kyle. We're we're kind of just going to talk to each other. We're talking a little bit about the, or a little bit to the chat. Chris says, "Hey, uh, hope you enjoyed the extended weekend. Happy belated Fourth." Um, yeah, I was. This is my first time. I was really off for Fourth of July in quite a few years, and Fourth of July is usually pretty hectic for my job. So I was off for the entire weekend and Monday and Tuesday. So uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you guys all enjoyed it as well. And in terms of some other housekeeping, um, something I forgot to mention. Uh, just in case you haven't been checking out the reviews, some recent ones that have dropped. Um, what Amos, Kuntz, uh, Converse, Jefferson, Woods, Cobb, I think are the last couple that have dropped. So make sure to go check those out. Uh, Kyle and I will talk about some of the stuff he saw on those reviews and uh, et cetera as we go through the show. Uh, ben says, just logging on. Damn, Kyle looks like he's been working out. Um, I'm sure that makes Kyle smile. Kyle- Kyle is a bigger individual than he seems to be on stream. Kyle, Kyle is a bulky, a bulky dude. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll attest, um, even though I want to give him that credit. Um, hey, gents, thanks for the stream. Uh, who will be the most surprising contributor on the team this season? Um, and then we'll get into the we'll get into our best camp battles after this, and we'll kind of let some more people join in before we do the top twenty-five. But um, 
surprising, Kyle. It's uh, uh, don't say Garrett Wilson, <laughs> don't say Brees Hall, Tyler Conklin, like, and, and maybe it could be a, a Conklin if it's like, hey, he's going to be the number one receiver on our team or something like that. But so, and obviously, it doesn't just have to be fantasy focused or anything like that. It could be a guy in the secondary or whatever it may be. So, surprising contributor for the team. Um, maybe Tony Adams, maybe. I'm just thinking because, you know, he's right now he's currently slated to get massive playing time and he could actually be, he could be good. I mean, like watching your review of him, although albeit it was very short, very small sample size. I wasn't super impressed, but you know, he did also impress in the preseason last year and there are some skills there and it could have just been a matter of like, well, he hasn't played all season. So he doesn't have the communication down with some of the other guys. Cause there was a, there were a couple of mental lapses on this tape, but it wasn't for lack of ability. Um, so he's someone that comes to mind because, you know, you, you don't really see people talk about him too often. I was tempted to say somebody like Randall Cobb, but I mean, like Cobb's been talked about ad nauseum just because he's Rogers boy mm-hmm. and stuff. And mm-hmm. everyone knows him from his days in green Bay mm-hmm. and uh, Ben, thank you for the compliment. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, and, you know, Joe, you, you know, Joe, you in the parking lot last year, you know, you're, you're playing uh you know, defensive back covering uh, Ben but you know, it's not like uh, you you tried to block me or or tried to get past me. Uh, we didn't do any offensive D line drills. You'll beat me in offensive D line drills. Skill skill groups, I got you though. And there's a lot more skill. Well, I guess there's five, right? So if all the other positions, tight end, maybe because of the blocking, are you? But you're more of like you're more of like an Eric Tomlinson, where I'm a more of like an Evan Ingram type of. That is an insult, Joe. <laughs> Eric Tomlinson. Yeah, you could, uh, maybe maybe you give me like Anthony Fasano or something. Eric Tomlinson. Ronald Blair. You know, just, you know, it's okay. A little boxy. Um, so am I, though. But uh, yeah, so let's uh, comp- surprising Tony Adams. Yeah, I, I think he's kind of expected at this point not to be whatever, but I'm, I'm trying to think of like the most. The thing is, he ma- could actually be pretty good. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, people might expect him to be a starter, but like, what if he actually yeah. turns into a pretty good player? Like, yeah, it's possible. It makes it makes sense. I, I think I think some surprise ones. Um, I, I think one on offense could be Rucker. You know, depending on how he develops mm-hmm. in that fullback role, and maybe he overtakes Uzama. So I think that's probably a pretty good one for offense. And then defense, just because of uh, you know, it, assuming the roster is is done at this point, which I don't think it is in July. There's, there's going to be some waiver wire pickups, whatever it may be. But maybe Sherwood's a good one, you know, if he's going to be that third linebacker and, and yeah. he's going to play in some in some um in some sets. Like, you know, Quan Alexander got like 40% of the reps. Maybe they don't give as much to Sherwood because you know they get they brought in Amo or Amos and he's gonna play some reps, but maybe he plays 25, 30% of the reps and he's actually pretty solid. So I, w- I would say those two guys for each side of the ball. Um, is he because of his home run speed? Oh, there you go. Studio at Old Richards minus Sherwood. Uh, thinks he establishes himself as a cl- as a clear Mosley. Uh, air apparent this season. Tay with us as well. Uh, what up guys? Just a couple more weeks until Aaron Rodgers runs out of the tunnel for the jets from Sam, Zach and a rod jets deserve good things. Yeah. I am really, really excited Kyle for that first game for him to run out of the tunnel Monday night football, uh, figuring out Dallas. So I'll be in Dallas. I was recently figured out that I can go to Vegas. I don't know if I told you that, but I didn't, I think you said you might be going to Vegas, right? So, uh, I'm definitely not going to Vegas, but I, I am, I am, listen, I am writing it in with pen right now. If the Jets make the playoffs, I don't care where the game is. I'm going. Gotcha. Wherever gotcha. that is. Yeah. I'm going to try my absolute best as well. Uh, Art says, what's up? What's up? Art, appreciate you. Record is a good thought. So Kyle, let's get into, um, let's get into our best art before we do our best uh, or, or the, the top 25, which again, I absolutely love and 
the like I, I made it. I don't know when I made the list. And then like every few weeks I'll go back and just look it over and be like, hmm, move him, change this guy. And it's like hard too because and I'm not gonna get into my thoughts on, on a bunch of guys, but like Huff is a very good player. Huff mm-hmm. is a very good player on 20, 25% of the reps, you know. So how much does that factor into a guy of like, let's say, is he better than JJ, who might pay, who might be able to play more reps for the Jets? So it's it's definitely an interesting thought process, but um let's um I appreciate that. So I, My two I, favorite Jet personalities. Uh, oh, thanks, not Art. Two of the top two. Art, we appreciate that. I don't know if it's because, and it's funny too because Art met us at our most depressing time, especially mine. But he still likes us, so I appreciate that, Art. Um, catch us well, this Art week. Was this time, too. catch us this time. Yeah, yeah. It's just like Jet fan misery. We kind of just sat there and like had a beer and we're like, "This fucking sucks." But Art, catch us after a win. Uh, I definitely want to meet you after a win. But um, Kyle, I don't know. I don't know how many how many camp battles did you did you do? I, well, I, I did I ten. Kinda... I did ten because okay. you did ten. Okay, so do you want to do you want to start from the best to the least best, or do you want to start? Let, let's start from ten up to the best camp battle that that we have. All right. Um, now, just for the my... record, I, I tried okay. to do like oh, when I put number one, I tried to do what what I think is the best, but I didn't yeah. put too much stock into like oh, this battle is more than this battle. Like I didn't put as much into ranking them least to best although i kind of did that a little bit as i did with uh like top 25 jet list just for the record i did like best and honestly my 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 10th maybe i almost i almost maybe want to steal i don't want to steal one from you necessarily just because but um my my 10th one i'll go with your 10 and i'm gonna see if i can figure out if i can think of a different of a different one um actually yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna change it uh yeah. Okay. So go 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 with your go with your uh, your tenth. Okay, and, and and this is ten for a reason, just because of what I'm about to say. For the yeah, record, yeah, yeah. for the record, I think both these guys are going to play a ton, um, and it's it's interesting, especially nowadays in the NFL, how much rotations there are, but not not so much with safeties. I said, who's the primary box safety? Is it going to be Amos or Whitehead? Mm. You know, mm. who's 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 going to play more in that area? So I don't know. I yeah. kind of view that as a as a battle. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, no, I so <clears throat> I didn't do box because I, I I do think Amos is going to be in the, in the box unless unless they could have they, they could have been bringing in Clark to play more of that strong safety role and they thought that Whitehead would be in that linebacker role, but based on what I watched from what uh from from Clark, there's no way they would take him out of the box. I I, I think to put to put Whitehead in there. So I I still think Amos is going to be in there, but with that being said in terms of who plays in the box more, I think somebody the, the the true strong safety of those two is going to play more, you know. Um, so do do is the situation where maybe hey, if it is a big nickel nickel look, then Amos is in the box as like that hybrid linebacker. Whereas now, okay, let's say it's a, it's a set where you want to run a base four three. Maybe Amos goes to strong safety and Whitehead make you know uh, takes the bench. Like it's just I could see that being a, a situation. So I think the battle for strong safety slash box is a good one. Um, and me, I, I went to safety too. My, my initial one was wide receiver six, but I don't think they're even going to carry wide receiver six on this roster. So I went for safety, the, the fourth safety, because typically they carry four safeties. And again, this one, I kind of reached because I really don't know of a lot of uh, the 10th the one was a little bit hard for me. Um, but who is it going to be? Because you have Whitehead, you have Amos, you have Adams. Is it going to be, you know, um, Ashton Davis, is it going to be JBC? Is it going to be another, you know, is it going to be Marquise Waters? Is it going to be, uh, tr- you know, I think it's trading from Florida. There's a couple of names that have been popping up. So safety four, who's going to be that, who's going to be that, that fourth safety is, is one of the better camp slash preseason battles 
um, that, that I thought of. Uh, I'm curious to, my, to hear your answer, who you think it's going to be. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. You can't you hate Ashton, Ashton Davis. You hate Ashton Davis, but he does have special team ability. He did have a couple interceptions in the past couple of years. Um, but then again, the, you know, there is the young draft pick, uh, who I didn't like when I watched, but apparently you're higher on him. I didn't watch your review on him yet. So I'm going to get into that of, one soon. Of who? Bernard Converse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's out. But yeah, so so to me, my, and I'll go first for my ninth because you'll yell at me if you have to do two in a row, which by the way, I have a fruit fly in here, which I'm trying to kill. Dude, fruit fly infestation in my house. My wife left grapes out the other day and I walked in there. There was like 20 of them. And now I don't know if they like got a nest in my, in my freaking, not in my light here, but my light in my kitchen. I got to figure out how to kill fruit flies. So if anybody knows how to murder fruit flies, Please let me know. I'm going to try the vinegar thing, but there's one in here being an asshole. So if you see it fly by my screen, that's what it is. Nonetheless, I want to go with my ninth best camp battle because Kyle will yell at me if he has to do two in a row. Um, I'm, I went – I went at first I went linebacker three, but I think linebacker three is going to be – I think Sherwood is is written in there in, in pen. So I, I went linebacker depth slash linebacker three. Um, is Sherwood going to take that spot? Um, linebacker four and five, you have a, you have a couple of guys there who could fill that role, whether it be one of the safeties that they brought in, maybe they can transition them to linebacker is Hamza going to make the team is Zari Barnes going to make the or Zaire, sorry, Barnes to make the team. Is it Chaz Surratt who's going to make the team? So linebacker three in depth is another one that I'll be watching, uh, in a couple of weeks and through the preseason. How about you, Kyle? Honestly, I probably should have this one higher than what I do, but you know, yeah. I, I made this one a little quicker than I spent on the top 25. But uh, I have uh, the backup in- interior offensive lineman. Schweitzer, oh. Cologne, McGovern, Tipman. Yeah, this one should be higher than nine. Okay. Yeah, so so for me, um, I actually put, and this is different than Tipman and, and Connor McGovern, but I put offensive line depth as, as my eighth. So I'm kind of there with you just because is it Max Mitchell or is it Billy Turner at right tackle? Is it? Is it and, and it's kind of a competition between multiple guys. So like it doesn't have to be Schweitzer versus Cologne for right guard. It's also Cologne <clears throat> versus Billy Turner or Cologne versus Yadni Kajus. So they only can only they can only keep so many guys, and they have plenty of of guys who are at least you know names to note back there between you know Carter Warren and Max Mitchell and Billy Turner, Schweitzer, Cologne. So how many of those guys are going to make the roster? And then on top of that. You know, so you're not only battling out for roster spots, but you're also battling out for who's the primary backup guard. Is it Cologne? Is it Turner could do it as well? Is it Schweitzer? Who's the primary backup mm-hmm. left tackle? Who's the primary backup right tackle? So that was my that was my eighth, Kyle. Uh, so I differentiated a little bit. I didn't really throw uh, Connor McGovern and Tipman into there. But uh, speaking of those who have for memberships for um, Jets X Factor, uh, Blue's uh, Billy Turner film review is quite interesting because, and we were saying this before we went on air that. Yeah. Um, Joe is of the opinion that Billy Turner's guard tape is better than his tackle tape. And based on what I saw, I tend to agree. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's an interesting watch and probably one of the reasons among several why they signed him because he has that versatility. You know, you do honestly wonder, is he better guard than he is a tackle? And I think it's important. I think it's important to Kyle to kind of like, not to get like philosophical here, but like. You can't you can't just place guys into like buckets based on like a very broad evaluation. Like and, and, and what I mean by that is saying, okay, he's taller, he's skinnier, he's more athletic, he's automatically better at tackle, right? Like if I told you, hey, this guy is not he's not doesn't have the best anchor, 
He's definitely more of like a positional blocker versus a leverage blocker, you know, zone guy, uh, not great power. You're going to say, oh, definitely, definitely a better tackle. But is it? You know, there's specific reasons why you may or may not be better at tackle than guard. And to me, Turner was better at guard because he's very – He's very good in short areas. Um, he has very good explosion. He has good aggression in short areas. And you take him out of those short areas being, okay, you have a, you have a, you know, you have a nose tackle right up on your head, or you have a guy right outside your outside shoulder, whatever it may be. You're working in more condensed areas on the interior of the offensive line. And when you put him on the edge, he he's like I said to you before the show, he's patient to a point <clears throat> when he gets into that contact window, he gets over his toes. Whereas if you're in the interior, you start, the rep from that contact window. So he just lunges at guys and immediately gets hands on them. Whereas in, in the open field, he gets over his toes. He starts reaching for contact. His feet start crossing over all that stuff. So um, I do think it's important to, and I think that's an important study for me to, to realize that, Hey, the guy who's taller, longer, more athletic is not always necessarily better at tackle than guard. Um, and that was one of the first ones that that's done that for me where I was like, Holy shit, really? He's better at guard. doesn't make sense, but it, it did for me. Yeah. Could just be a comfort thing. Like he has a skill set in theory yeah. to play tackle, but you know, it just might not necessarily vibe with like his mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people get overly aggressive and, you know, you know, you want to be the person to make first contact, but you know, you lunging into it isn't a, <laughs> Oh, especially from distance isn't always the best thing to do. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, you know how you said that, uh, I, uh, know the AFC East teams better than you. Uh, I don't know if I tend to agree with that nowadays, at least maybe a couple of years ago, I, I would probably say yes, but, um, I did notice you made one error when talking about Billy Turner. Billy Turner actually started his career with the Miami Dolphins, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah I was saying it started with the Broncos. Yeah, um, I wasn't sure. But, um, okay, Kyle, moving on to your moving on to your eighth um, to gloss over my mistake because we can't do that. <laughs> so uh, what, is, what is your eight? Yeah, like who's going to be the kick returner? Is it going to be Hardman or Abacandia oh. or somebody else? Abacandia? Is, yeah, how, how, is he is he i don't know how you pronounce his last name I, I, think it's, I, I think it's abacanda or abacanda abacanda i think it's abacanda but yeah you have so okay. you have you have him you have hardman you have Cobb, you have bam knight you have um there might be another option that i may be glossing over right there but i think that's a good one that's actually one that i didn't i didn't think about in terms i of personally wouldn't want hardman. bam knight there because if i want a yeah. guy who like I don't, I don't feel like bam knight has the speed to really bring one to the house Right, like I feel like Bam Knight could, you know, if he if it's blocked up right and he reads it right, could get you 40, 50 yards, but he's not gonna be able to pull away from everybody, I don't think. Yeah. Uh Chris S if we would put Ashton Davis in the Quan Alexander role. Um too absolutely small. not. No. Yeah, he, he's he's too small. And with that, you're not paying like Ashton Davis is owed it's like two to three million dollars this year. There's absolutely no way you're paying your your fourth safety at best because he's a special teams guy, two two to three million dollars. Just cut him. You could literally cut Ashton Davis. You could bring Quan back for the price you're going to cut Ashton Davis for. So to me, you just you don't have a guy like Ashton Davis on on the roster. He he busted out. You know, he's a guy who's a he was a swing on on high upside because of athletic ability, and obviously he sh- they, they they struck out on him while he was a good you know special teamer and things like or a guy like that. But uh, so you had you had kick returner. Okay, my my seventh best camp battle is the fullback spot, and it's something I've been talking about for for a couple months now. Um, and it's not just, it's, it's not necessarily one guy versus the other. It's can, uh, a combination of Ruckert, Uzama and Conklin fill that role, you know, admirably enough where they feel like they don't have to carry a fullback and, or does Nick Bowden come in and dominate and he's showing out so much better than those guys where they, where he's forced to be kept. 
So it, it's it's something I saw a lot with Keith Carter in in uh in Tennessee. They 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 tend to like to run a little bit heavier personnel, whether it be 21, 12. Um, so I think that the fullback role is going to be present on this team. So is it Rucker? Is it one of those other guys? Is it a a Nick Bowden? So that's that's one of the, that's my seventh best battle of of the offseason. Okay. Do you want me to do Shit. seven or what I have for six? Oh, uh, well, you have seven, right? Or did did you do? Seven? I, I yeah, I do have seven. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I just yeah, couldn't. I, I I couldn't keep track if we were going. Oh, what's your seventh? What's my sixth? Your fifth? You know, like that. I, anyway, uh, for seven, I have who is the top third down rush specialist? Should probably be higher oh. too. Uh, is it McDonald or, or Huff? I mean, like, listen, at the end of the day, like Huff mm. was pretty damn impressive on whatever, 20 something percent of snaps that he was running last year. But at the end of the day, mm -hmm. McDonald is the 15th overall pick who has a pretty damn upside, high upside as a pass rusher. So, you know, um, when you're bringing in a guy for third down, like you, you could, you know, in theory, bring in just both of them. But, you know, you might want to keep Carl Lawson in. Or you might want to keep Jermaine Johnson in if he really develops as like a, a legit rusher this year, but you would hope he would. You know, you, you drafted him in the first round last year. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're bringing in just one of these guys who's a little bit undersized, you know, obviously McDonald's still learning the game. Uh, Huff, obviously the team doesn't view him as any more than a third down rusher. Uh, you know, who's going to be the guy who's going to get the majority of the reps at that spot? So, Yeah, and it's also them versus – Lawson, right? Because like I could see, I don't, I don't think it's gonna be so so prevalent in their defense, but you could see them both at wide nines on opposite side of the field and really isolate the yeah, middle. So you know, it's 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 those guys versus Lawson as well. But yeah, it's an interesting one because McDonald, you figure figure is going to be in a specialized role in year one. Huff's already in a specialized role, and he only played twenty five to thirty percent of the reps last year, even less. I forget exactly what the number was, but is he gonna eat from those reps, or is he gonna eat from Lawson? Is he gonna eat from JFM, like the defensive line in general is, is, is absolutely wild. Um, for my sixth spot, Kyle, I put, I put, and I think the top five is, are really, really good ones, at least in my opinion, but I think the sixth one is, is good as well, uh, at least to me. And for me, I, it's not really a battle, but it's, it's Tony Adams versus himself. Um, and that's, and that's meaning like, can he prove enough in camp where they're not going to look to a John Johnson or look to go to, to, to somewhere else? Because seemingly based on how the offseason has been structured, they liked enough of what they saw in preseason from his UDFA tape. And from those last couple of weeks in the season, those last two weeks, which I broke down, they like him enough where they think he could be that starter. So does he go into camp and build off of that? Or does he either plateau or maybe even regress a little bit? And like, oh shit, we have to bring in a John Johnson. So I think he has that job, but for now. So uh, my, my sixth spot was, was, uh, was Tony Adams versus, versus himself for that starting free safety gig. No, that's interesting. You know, I feel like if I said that, you would say that I'm copping out or I'm not following the rules or something. But, you know, it is called Blow It Splits for a reason. So I guess you there can you make go. up your own rules. Uh, for, for number six, I have who's the second tight end? Like, we feel pretty uh, damn confident that Conklin is number one. And when you see my top 25 rankings, that's clearly the case. But, you know, can record overtake Uzama? I mean, even for that matter, could he overtake Conklin? I think it's conceivably possible. Um, but, uh, yeah. Because Ruckert definitely impressed in week 18 of last season. And, you know, listen, he was a late third-round pick. And Uzama, you know, just about 30 years old now or close to it, uh, didn't really impress me with his Bengals tape. He was okay. Uh, and didn't really impress me too much last year. So uh, that's who's going to be the tight end, too. Because in, in this offense, two tight ends are going to be playing a lot. Uh, be a lot of 12 personnel. So that's interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, there, there. It's been creeping up on me. Where like now, I, I finished my reviews. I think July first, I finished my thirty first review of the off season, and um, I've been sitting there. I'm like, hmm, like what, what guys would I want to do if I wanted to do some guys? Three guys that I've been thinking about doing, Kyle. Which I'm not. I don't. I really don't think I'm going to do it. But Max Mitchell, how good or bad was he? Truly, Sherwood, how good was he when he saw reps last year? Because he seems to be taking a bigger role. And then watching that that Rucker uh, last last game, doing like a quick you know ten play breakdown, maybe on that. The, the, those have been creeping in, but yeah, no, I think that's a good one as well. What was that guy um, who came in? I, I'm I'm forgetting his name right now. What was the player who came in in the Steelers game when I think Mosley went down for a little bit in that game? Uh, uh damn it, he's he's the uh, he's the guy with the dreads, right? He um, I think he, he had Salah in San, in San Fran, um. Honestly, I was more impressed by him than what I saw from Sherwood, just to be honest. Yeah, I don't remember. Sherwood, Sherwood did make two really nice tackles in that, was it the, the Seahawks game, where he did a really good job undercutting blocks and getting lateral and working to the sideline. But that's I do think he understands the game well, and I think that's what – Marcel Harris, there we go. Thank Harris, you, yes, yes, yes. Who was that, Art? Uh, yeah, Art got that. Um, yeah, so – uh, my, going into my top five, Kyle, uh, this one is like, it, it, I, it's a battle, but maybe more blown up on social media than it'll actually be. So you know what I'm going to say most likely, but number five in the top five is Beckton versus Brown for that, for that left tackle job. Um, I, I think that Brown really has to lose the job more than Beckton can win it. In my opinion, I, I, I think if Beckton even shows out like, great, he's gonna be good at right tackle. So um to me that's that's number five but i i think brown is is the shoe and i think beckman really really have to impress to have brown either move to right tackle or be sitting on the bench i i think it's less than a 10 percent chance that that beckman's left tackle would be completely transparent but yeah i have that one a little bit higher than you just for the fact that makai wants that spot so much mm-hmm. uh, as indicated by how he publicly talks about it yeah. uh and that obviously it's a very important position but I agree with you that it's a very small percentage chance that I think Beckton will be the left tackle. Um, mm-hmm. So my number five was who is the backup quarterback? I mean, De- Zach Wilson should not be a shoe in. Um, I think that would be an absolute mistake to just say, Oh, well, you know, he's definitely going to be our number two, no matter what. Uh, and I really wish as do you really wish that the team would bring in somebody else, whoever that might be. Cause mm-hmm. anyway, but yeah, he needs to earn it because he did nothing of the kind by his play last season. For sure. You know, I will say this though, when they did that interview with him like a week or two ago, whatever it was, maybe it was three weeks ago, he did seem quite humble where he said something along the lines of, Hey, listen, I just didn't get it done last year. Like I understand why they brought in a quarterback. That's exactly what he needed to say. So, you know, uh, not it was everybody that. else's fault. It was, not, it was everybody else's fault, including the wind and all and all that. Now, um, so yeah. my my number four is uh, you already mentioned this a little bit, but um, I have wide receiver two. For, oh, for I have that too at number four. Yeah, I, I have wide receiver two. Um, I, I think it's a battle between Corey. It, it's probably Lazard in pencil right now, but I think if Corey Davis can impress Rodgers enough, then Corey Davis could see more um, reps. It's just like. I don't want to shit on the guy, but Lazard has literally the worst hands I've ever seen. It's just it it's it's true. Um, they are terrible. Whether I be doing an Aaron Rodgers review, a Cobb review, a Billy Turner review, Lazard continues to catch strays for me because he just can't catch. Um, but that one, I don't know if it was a Billy Turner review, but Rodgers like does a good job, rolls out to the left, you know, throwing across his body, <clears throat> throws it to the sideline. Lazard sitting there, 
squirts right through his hands. I'm like, bro, like just catch the ball. Even even like some of his really nice plays, like that really nice catch that he had against the Dolphins in like what Christmas Day or whatever it was. And yeah. he like rolls over and manages to he lands on his shoulder, but still cradles the ball in. Like he still bobbled it. It's yeah. like even on like a great play that he made, he was still catching those strays. Uh yeah, no, it was really yeah. frustrating. And 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 Joe, I don't know if you put out all four parts yet to the public yet. Uh, at least on no, Jet Set no. Factor. I've, I've, it's only part one and two right now. Out. I've watched all four of Joe's uh, reviews on, with Aaron Rodgers so far, the Billy Turner. I watched the, the Lazard ones, probably at least a good two, two and a half hours. That one in and of itself. And dude, <laughs> you were actually trying to be really respectful and not really shit on his hands too much. But I think eventually at the end, you were kind of like, listen, I, I, it's not <laughs> hyperbole to say that these are the worst hands I've ever seen. And like and 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 Kyle and like again I'm not trying to be a dick here, but for the people like I don't, can you is there any way to quantify it for the people who say that Corey Davis has just as bad of hands or or maybe don't really understand like how how much better Corey Davis's hands are than than Lazard? They're a lot better. I don't know what the stats say. Uh, I know Michael could give those stats to us lickety yeah. split quick, but uh, yeah. I don't give a shit what the stats say. I don't care if it's no, like a one, care. two, three percent difference. They are significantly better for Corey. Yeah. Davis. Yeah. So and, all right. So, so Eagle asks worse hands than Mims. Uh Mims had good hands in college. So yeah. I mean, at least he has that ability. I think his confidence is so broken that that might be a factor in it as well. Mm-hmm. Mims, I mean, like you could see that it's a confidence factor just by the fact that he's jumping up really high to catch a ball with his body when the ball is all the way over his head. So uh, with Mims, I think it's kind of like a, a, a confidence thing as well. But the, the the fact is, is there's not a big enough sample size to really even compare. Whereas Lazard has played a good amount of snaps throughout his career that you can kind of say, okay, yeah, this guy definitely doesn't have good hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to catch up to the chat really quickly until we get, uh, before we get into our top three. Uh, but we have the great Aristotle Socrates and the great Joe Blewett. So, uh, I You're a big philosopher, was- Joe. No, I, I think I think I think he's referring to you as the great Aristotle Socrates. I think I, I think he commonly refers to you like that. But uh, I didn't catch I up on the, with the videos. Why. I've been on a mini vacation, but did Rebus and Klecko kiss and make up yet? Uh, they got into a like, fight. Uh, yeah, it's like it's About so what? stupid. It's I so have no stupid. Idea. This is news to me, dude. Like I, I'm gonna explain this so bad because I'm not the guy to be in like social media scruffles and all that shit. Well, we can have the chat. Well, it's to my understanding, it was basically, it was basically, Rebus Rebus giving a compliment like, "Oh, it's so great that the two best Jets players in in history are are going to go into the, the Hall of Fame together." And then Klecko was like, "Yeah, it's great that the two best guys are going into the Hall of Fame together." And then Rebus basically like commented and said like, "Yeah, uh, fuck you. I only said that to be nice. I'm the best ever, bar none. Uh, nobody's close to me." That's pretty what? much what happened. What? That's pretty much what happened in in a nutshell, at least that's my understanding. And then Revis came back out and said, "Oh well, I didn't really mean it. Um, it was something to the effect of Joe of of Joe Namath disrespecting him in front of other Hall of Famers because he was talking about how Revis didn't answer a text." But it was what almost. Is, like Revis, what does Joe Namath have to do with Joe Klecko? Uh, no, no. I, 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 every single time I said Namath, I meant Klecko. If I fucked that up at all, it was all Klecko. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, I, I guess like Ravis was like, Hey, yeah, it's great that two, two great jets are coming out and together and Cuck was like, yeah, man, it's great. And, and then Ravis was like, nah, bro, but you're still mid and I'm the best. That's pretty much in a short story what happened. Um, so Revis just being super petty, like he always has been, um, but I want to, uh, I yeah. want to love Revis. I mean, my birthday's coming up. Revis actually has the same birthday as me. Uh, Oy. 
I, I want to love the guy, but like, you know, when you think about the contract stuff, when you think about how basically he kind of, I mean, he was obviously really washed at the point in 2016, but you know, he kind of, he kind of came up and like literally let Terrell Pryor bitch him. Uh, that was, and then, um, I mean, it's just like a bunch of little things. And I also like know someone who kind of somewhat knows him too, who said he's kind of a dick. Um, Oh, you could tell he's a dick, dude. There's no what you could, you know Rebus is a dick off, off off the camera and all that stuff. I'm sorry, you could, you could just tell. Like I remember, and this this happens with a lot of people, but I remember uh, going to see the Globetrotters as a kid and uh, like waiting a long line to get the main guy's signature. And I'm not kidding you. Like and this is not just not it's, it's not like a big you know climax to the story, but I the the I, I had like a ball or a T-shirt that the guy was in his hand about to sign. And the security was like, oh, we're done. Like, no no more signings or whatever. And he fucking handed the ball back to me before signing him. Like, dude, you had it in your hand and you can't sign it to give it back to me. Like, what an asshole. So there's a lot of, like, so, like celebrities wow. and stuff who are going to be assholes. Like, dude, I was, like, seven years old. He had my ball in his hand, was going to sign. He's like, nah, sorry, time's up. I don't have to sign shit anymore. I was like, wow. So I really learned, like, there. I mean, but... At least just finish the one that's in your hand and then, like, really. Exactly. Like, what, what... Like what? Wow! Like handed, I, I gave it to him, handed it back without a signature. Like, bro, this is just, and that's and that's where my my life started going downhill at seven when I got the Nida. Hey, put up uh, Rivka. Put up the stats for Lazard's drop rate. Put that on the screen. Yeah, okay. Put that comment. I actually, you know, I can do that. Um, yeah, you could do that because I'm I'm still up a little bit in the in the chat. All right. So Rivka says for for your information, Lazard. 6.3 drop rate in 2022, 7% in 2021, 13.2 in 2020, gosh, uh, 8.2% career, and then Davis, 8.6 in 2022, 15% in 2021, which is a very abbreviated season, mm-hmm. and 5.8% in 2020, 7.5% for the career. What's interesting about this, too, is, you know, I, I don't think that drop rate factors in like, did he actually catch the ball? Because there are sometimes when Lazard like would catch a ball, but he bobbles it first. Mm-hmm. And when you bobble it, like, you know, that could easily turn into a drop because then you're giving the defensive back a chance to, you know, it's a game of millimeters as Blewett likes to say, you're given, you're given the extra little split second for a defensive back to get in there and swipe it out if you bobble it. So yeah, uh, there's a ton of bobbles in um, Lazard's and, tape, which I don't, and what is the quality that factors into the drop rate? And what is the, like the, for lack of a better term, what is the quality of the drop? Like, do you, you know that, I don't know if you remember that play from Zach Wilson in Denver where like, he's like rolling out to the left, throws it to Davis and he drops it, but he had like a DB like draped on his back. Like it would have been a really impressive catch, but he still should have caught it. Um, where Lazard is literally standing there 10 yards away from the quarterback, a ball is floated up to him and he, and he, he goes to catch the ball like this and doesn't catch it. So like, what are the quality or, or the, you know, of, of drops as well? So regardless of the 0.7 difference, like, this is where stats can't really tell the whole story because Lazard, you know, you, you say 0.7, like, oh, okay, it's relatively similar. It's not it's not close to similar to me. And, I, and I've watched two years of Lazard, and obviously I've watched the last, you know, three or four years of, of Davis um, watching him when he came to the Jets and then being with the Jets. But nonetheless, um, let me move on in the chat a little bit. Uh, Joe, are you going to the Hall of Fame game? And if you are, take pictures. Um, I'm not because would I rather go to Dallas or to a Hall of Fame preseason game? Would I rather go to Vegas or a preseason game? I'm going to those two places. So I'm not going to the Hall of Fame. Maybe if I'm ever passing through, I would stop there. But I, I don't think I'm ever really going to go to like a Hall of Fame. Unless there's like a player who like I really – and even if like you can watch it on TV, like is, is me being there going to change anything? Like sitting in a, like 
you're sitting in a crowd. You probably can't hear it. Like I remember the first time I went to the draft. I thought it was awesome. Kyle. I went to Radio City Music Hall. 2013, 20, right? 2013. I was there too. Jets, Jets, two first-round draft picks. You got to go there the day before and wait in a line for like six hours. And then you got to go there the day of and wait in another line for six hours or however long. You no, get a shitty – It wasn't that long the day of. You get a, it wasn't that you get long a sh- the day before. You, you get a shitty little like tape tape recorder thing that you're listening to the draft through. Like the, the, the earphones aren't tight. It's like losing connection. You're sitting behind the, the TV the, the TV camera crew so you can't see shit. It's like – it's just awful. And and like same thing for the Hall of Fame. Like what am I really going to see there? I don't I don't know. And like I'm, I don't really have any connection to Joe Klecko because I, he was way before my time. And Revis is a prick. So like, do I really want to go? Like, I don't, I don't really want to. Like, I don't, I don't really even have the urge to go to the Hall of Fame. Maybe it makes me a bad fan, but whatever. I'm not going. Um, Tony Asmus himself, a true existential training camp battle. Not a fan of Davis. He has not shown enough. Not nearly. Not nearly enough. So Joe, uh, in in, in uh, 20 years, if Sauce Gardner is in the Hall of Fame, you're going. That's what I said. If it's a player I really, really like, yeah, if it's sauce, if it's Q, like maybe, you know, maybe I would do it. But it also depends on how many stadiums I have knocked out. I have the goal of hitting, well, there's 30, 30 stadiums in the NFL. Um, I probably have about 10 done. So I'm a third through. So we'll see where I'm at at that at that point. Um, I don't know if I want to count Cleveland. Like if I go there for a preseason game, like is it count? I, I don't I don't know. Uh, I must admit, I'm shocked Hopkins has not been signed yet. And we are in July. Same with Cook, even though. We have our options about our opinions about these players. Um, yeah, it's just it's just about waiting, waiting for for an injury or something like that. Like I'm sure Hopkins isn't thrilled that his main suitors right now are the Titans and the Patriots after blaming, you know, the Chiefs and the Bills and the Eagles and all these teams want to play from. It's like, yeah, well, hey, the best we're gonna do for you is Mac Jones, buddy. So he's probably sitting there waiting. And same thing for Cook, you know, at, at this point. So um it's probably why they're doing that. But uh let's keep moving on. Uh Eagles convinced that the Jets are saving the drama. Of- Quinn Williams contract in the hard knocks. Kyle, uh, I think we both doubt that. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like, <sighs> I mean, like, I, I know that someone like Woody Johnson obviously likes publicity and stuff, but think about if that were true and that, and that somehow that truth got out, how much would that piss Quinn and Williams off? Because imagine that, you know, you could sign and, and, sign a contract ASAP and guarantee all, all get all this guaranteed money. But like, God forbid, like God forbid something happened to Quinn and Williams and like, he couldn't sign that contract, even though they came to terms that, you know, they were agreeing on a number and God forbid something happened to him and he couldn't sign it and he died or something like that, you know, and he couldn't give all that money to his family or whatever. Uh, yeah, that doesn't, I don't, yeah. I don't think it makes any sense. Um, everybody kills Zach and rightfully so, but keep in mind, he did beat the Bills. Okay. And Mark Sanchez beat Tom Brady in the division. Josh Allen round. Josh Allen beat himself in that game for being yeah, he yeah, he, horrible yeah. interceptions. Um, and the Jets defense was pretty good in that game. Like if we win that Patriots game, do we say, oh, well, he beat the Patriots, even though we won 10 to 3? If we, if we did it was that? one of Zach's better games, um, but that's yeah. not saying much. Uh, he did have a couple like quick rhythm throws where, you know, he, he made the ball from an awkward arm angle slot. And, you know, while he was getting hit, I will give him that, but I mean, he wasn't particularly good in the game. He just wasn't bad. Yeah. I I just, I don't, I don't like this logic. It's like, okay. So if any bust ever, ever beat a good team, are they not a bust? Like, is that, is that how we're going to Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl? 
You know, and yeah, Trent Dilfer yeah, won a Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. He's better than Joe Dan Marino. Joe Flacco, Super Bowl MVP. He had a playoff run where he had 11 or 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, Eli Manning has two Super Bowl MVPs, two rings, even though his career record is 500, 118 and 118, I believe, is the yeah. stat. Yeah, you so. can't. It, wins are not a quarterback stat. We, we've discussed that thousands and thousands of times. Uh, Mims was Stonehand in college. Um, he was not. Now I don't know what his I don't know what his drop percentage was. I'm like that's the thing that's frustrating too because there's always context of situations. It's like because when he's coming out of Baylor, Kyle, uh, Kyle I remember it was like Mims, oh he's not a there's a lot of a, he was sorry, snagging guy. balls in college like you know for sure for sure. And one of the things that they talk and I think about he, like, oh, he did, he's he did, a player he who got a lot better as the years went on in college too. So yeah. he might have had like a pretty high drop percentage as like a freshman or a sophomore or whatever. Yeah. And people talk about him like I remember the the big narrative was like oh he's not a yak guy it's like yeah because he ran curls and fades like those are no neither of those routes are conducive to getting yak like you have to have context to the situation so uh, let's see uh, yes Kyle Revis making up drama for no reason yeah it's, it was not a, a pretty look and then like a couple of days later I'm not going to get into it but uh, Mangold tweeted or something like that he's like oh I have a Super Bowl ring you don't like, it, it was it was joking I I did see probably. that. Probably, but maybe not. Like just uh, like how much a narcissist he is. Like he could have easily been not joking, but I'm not gonna go crazy about it. Um, but the numbers don't matter, as you said. Davis drops are largely due to an inaccurate quarterback throws. He should have caught them, but they were behind her, not in a good spot. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 100 percent, 100 percent, Rivka. So let's see. Average drop rate for wide receivers per P- uh, PFF was 5.5. Uh, Davis is at 5.9 before he came to the Jets. Yeah, so like I, I thought he had some drop problems, but it wasn't. A, a major issue and like i said it's, it's it's exemplified when zach wilson can't get more than one ball 10 yards and when one of those balls that he gets 10 yards is dropped you're going to exemplify the problem when it's not as much of a problem um as it as it maybe is uh Swolsey says bros what's up uh mangle won't we'll make it to the hall of fame but that would be fun yo dicks yep angle <laughs> steven angle would always insulting when he comes in i love it he said uh, mangle won't see. make it to the hall of fame no is he going to why wouldn't he eventually I don't he was, think he will. He was like a Pro Bowl center, like almost like as a rookie. Yeah, he was considered I don't, like the best center in the league for like close to a decade. Was he the best center in the league for a decade though? Like was close he to the it. best? I don't, he was so, drafted so, in two thousand six or seven, if I'm not mistaken. Six. We six with um, Kershaw. Two thousand six. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He played. I think his last year was twenty sixteen season. Maybe all of his Ish. career with the Jets. He was. You know, he almost immediately was one of the best centers in the league, if not the best, his rookie year. How many Pro Bowls did he make? Uh, how many playoff games did he win? I mean, like, you want to talk about centers. Like, how many centers in the past 10, 20 years could you say are better than Nick Mangle? Not many. It uh, So that's a hard uh, – obviously, you know, it's, it's like a hard thing to quantify because how much do we watch of other centers really to know that. But we have to like really get into the nitty-gritty of, like, who, who, what, when, where, why of, like, Nick Mangle's career. But – I feel like it's not a lock as much as you maybe. Well, think. Rivka said he made seven Pro Bowls, two-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team All-Pro. I mean, <laughs> come on, Joe. What's up? Uh, what's up, Murdog? Uh, Ala Alamar uh, says Brick's record of conspicuous yeah snaps is one of the most. Now Brick is someone who probably shouldn't make it. I mean, that's an oh. impressive stat that he played somebody, but I mean, he's only like a two-time Pro Bowler or something like that. Hall of very good. Like that, that would be definitely the hall of very good for, for guys like, like, like brick. But um, I don't think Mangle will make it. He is, he was the three time pro bowler. If I recall correctly, only three times. Really? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, think but that, he is. No, you're, that's Rivka's earlier comment. She said seven Pro Bowls oh. in 11 years at 652. Oh. So Okay. Two-team all – like, again, how do, you, how do you quantify? But we'll move on. Um, Jason Kelsey is a bunch of all pros, I think. Okay, Brick yeah. Jason it, yeah. Kelsey, you could argue he's better. I mean, but, mm-hmm. you know, Jason Kelsey, he didn't start – I don't think he was like a – a day one starter if i'm not mistaken he he certainly he got better as the years went on like you could say that kelsey's better later in his career than mangled is i'll give you no argument there but earlier in the career mangled was better so it's it's definitely a comparison and i don't who's gonna say that jason kelsey's not gonna be a, a future hall of famer yeah no um ronald says uh wow we are delusional fans i don't know if he's talking about you, Kyle, with saying Nick Mangle's going to make it or not, I, I don't know. I think Ronald Perry is choosing violence today, but it's okay. Uh, Nick Mangle resume, two-time team, uh, two time first team All-Pro, uh, second team All-Pro, seven times Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Again, I've had you quantify. To, to, to me, it's not a lock, though. Uh, but moving on, Kyle, to our top three camp battles. Of, he might not uh, be one of these guys who makes it the first year he's eligible, but if you're telling yeah. me that you know he's not going to make it, and at, at some point in his life uh i would i would bet a lot of money that he makes that at some point in his life he's already in the ring of he's already in the ring of honor right what game was that like uh i forget what game that revis was the bears those mangled was mangled stuff? uh the patriots game that you it and i went to Pat. yeah it might have it might have been the, yeah i think so and then there was another guy right it, the brickishaw ferguson was the i wasn't at that game yeah, I I, for, I forget what game uh was was the Bengals. Maybe? I I think no, I, I think the Brickershaw Ferguson was the Bears because I felt bad because it was freaking pouring and there was no no it was Rebus to the Bears. I think both of those guys got inducted. It was raining and nobody was there, so it is what it is. Uh, okay, so moving on, top three camp battles. Uh, Kyle, what's your what's your third best camp battle going into uh, what we got like two weeks until camp? Uh, who's running back two? Because uh, in my opinion, there's no denying that Knight was better than Carter last year, but Carter has, you know, he has that first year where he was, you know, pretty damn good. And then you also got Izzy, who's also in the mix too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in lockstep with, with you, by the way, Kyle. Running back two oh. is my is my number three as well. So we got wide receiver two, water, or running back two, lockstep. Okay. So what's your two then? Um, yeah, running back two, I, I, I agree with you because there's – it's – if I if I told you any one of Carter Knight or Izzy's the running back too, I don't think you'd be. I, I think you'd probably be a little bit surprised with Izzy that that quickly, but you wouldn't be shocked at any one of those any, any one of those three. And they all have like as much positive like outlooks about what they can be, um, that, or they all have a bunch of positive outlooks about what they can be. But they also are, are stacked with question marks, right? Like Zadavid Knight was how many games where he was good? You know, Michael Carter was good for a season and then really bad for a season. Izzy is a complete question mark. So, uh, so they could all end up being bad or actually pretty damn good. So it's, it's definitely interesting with that. So running back two was my, was my uh, number three. My number two was uh, the center battle between Tippmann and, and McGovern. I know you kind of lumped that in before with depth, but I think that's a legitimate starting spot that is up for grabs, which maybe that and like, and Tony Adams at free safety, the only ones that are like truly up for grabs, but the center, I can see it going either way. I, I think that, if Tippmann's close, it's probably Tippmann. But who's to say that McGovern doesn't win that job? Like, I, I don't look at McGovern like he's Wesley Johnson or Jonathan Harrison. Like, he's still an average-ish center to me, you know? So, like, wh- who's to say that if Tippmann doesn't come in a little slow? It is it is a McGovern. So, that's, that's number two to me. I, I think that could legitimately go either way. Who do you think was worse, Jonathan Harrison or Wesley Johnson? 
I don't know, man. I feel, I feel like Jonathan Harrison was a smaller sample size, right? Wesley Johnson was like a whole year. That was fucking yeah. bad. <laughs> he was really bad. Yeah, uh, that was that was terrible. So I actually have center Tipman and McGovern as my number one battle. Um, and my huh. number two was like the tackle positions. And I just wrote okay. tackle positions because there's, you know, a lot of guys like, listen, Kajust has a decent amount of starts. I don't think he wins a job. I don't think he Bro. wins a starting job. Bro, Kyle, you said you haven't watched a few reviews. I haven't. That's one of them I haven't. You don't like he him? Is, he is bad. He is bad <laughs> and he's injured. He is not making a team, dude. I, 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 okay. He, All right. That was bad. It, it was bad. I, I, I was, I was giggling to myself sometimes. I was like, shit, dude, this is not going to be good. Reviews. I don't, yes. I don't remember thinking he was good when we watched him against, mm-hmm. uh, when we played him last year. Dude, so. he, like, there was one play sequence, I think I bring it up, where, like, he, he gets shit on, gets benched, comes in the next play, or, or, like, his next play, like, two quarters later, gets shit on again. I was like, oh, my God. Like, What's so bad was, about him? Quick, everything. just tell me. Everything. Okay. Uh, he, he, he plays really high. He lacks aggression. Uh, it, it's, it, he, uh, there were so many problems that I, I can't even put it to one. It, he's bad. He's really bad. Um, right. And he's often injured, so, um, no, he's not, he's not going to make this team. But, Continue. Sorry. So I basically wrote something that you said earlier, like, you know, how tremendous would Makai Becton have to look for him to honestly win the left tackle job? And I I truthfully don't believe that training camp is a place where you could do that. Like, I feel like the only way that that could really happen is him playing against legit competition from another team. Now I know that the Jets have some joint practices with the Bucks or whatever, and in those joint practices, for at least a period of time, they do let the teams honestly go at one another. Um, but how much snaps is he really going to play in the preseason? Are they? Gonna, I do wonder this: Will they put Mackay Becton at left tackle in the preseason just to kind of see where he's at and stuff? You know, that would be curious. Uh, but I don't think that he's going to get enough chance to really show out and prove that he should be starting at left tackle versus Dwayne Brown. So, mm-hmm. um, and then is Makai even guaranteed the right tackle spot? I have to think that in my mind, he's definitely going to beat out yeah. Max Mitchell, Carter Warren, Carter Warren. I know you told me to watch that one. I've been a little disgusted based off of my own watching of him and what you told me about him, which seems like you hate him even more than I do. Uh, yeah. hates a strong word, but yeah, you feel it. Hate his play. Not a fan. Not, not, the, not the man, but his play. Uh, and Billy Turner, I don't see him winning that job either. But uh, I mean, mm-hmm. listen, there's, there's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Listen, could Beckton get hurt again in training camp? I mean, we'll see. So it's really the, the tackle positions that that is a uh, uh, number two for me. So um, and you talked about one was was a center battle for for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and th- this is this is like a catch all because it's a it's a big position group. But it's a defensive line in general. Um, just just for snaps on the defensive line, like it's not just oh DNs versus DNs or D tackles versus D tackles because you have a situation where you know uh, I, I don't know McDonald and presses so much that they're gonna have to kick JFM inside more than they wanted to. Then Quentin Jefferson loses reps. Does Quentin Jefferson play enough where they can't kick him inside? So it's a battle between everybody for snaps on the defensive line, minus you know Quentin Williams. But anybody past that, whether it be Lawson, McDonald, Huff. JJ, Quentin Jefferson, Al Woods, JFM, they're all competing for, for reps, in my opinion. Um, so the defensive line and how many reps they get in, in general is, is my number one battle because there are 10 or 11 absolute dogs there. So um, I think that's going to be a really, really fun one to that's watch. That's funny. I, I didn't even have that one at all, and I totally understand why you put it. Um, but I didn't put it just because – I know that they're all going to get some reps. Like they're all going to get a decent amount of reps. That's just how yeah. they run their rotation. So I just 
yeah. didn't really consider it too much of a battle. Like I feel like even the way that Salah likes to and Ulbricht like to run things, like even if a guy isn't playing particularly good over the past three, four games, he's still gonna at least get some reps. So mm-hmm. and if I could say something about my number one spot, the center thing is uh when I was doing this list, I put I probably put McGovern a lot higher than I would assume most people in this live stream right now would put him. Yeah. So I probably did too. I probably did too, which is anyway. interesting. You know, uh, Rivka says what happens, uh, what happened to Carter? Like, really? It's it, I obviously I have to go back and watch like every single rep one for one and see. To me, I, I really think he was battling an injury. I don't think it was vision. He just didn't break as many tackles. He wasn't as, yeah. as elusive. So I, I, because week one, when I watched him in week one, just like passively. It was night I, and day, the amount of tackles he broke in, in year one. And again, I don't know the stats, but versus year and two. And even early on, seemingly. And that, again, that's just seemingly early on. Again, I've watched thousands of reps since then, so I kind of forget. Your, but, it was your, it was the review that you did for which player? Uh, was it AVT? Your AVT review, I think. You pointed out in the Ravens game week one, uh, Carter had a big run. I forget the design of the run, but it was a big run. It was right around midfield. And, you know, he's bouncing off tackles and stuff. He's making a nice cut in open space. And you're like, this is the Carter from, you know, year one. And that's week one. So, yeah, he probably doesn't have an injury at that point yet. So that would kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's going to be – I'm really curious to see exactly how 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 he plays out. But I, I think it was injury because I really don't have an answer. Uh, now, maybe if I went back and watched him, again, rep for rep, then maybe I would know. But uh, we have uh, Al- Alomar saying um, week seven uh, – a band of candle be number two, which I, I could legitimately see it being anybody. Um, if I had to bet, I would say I would take the field in, in Carter or Knight over him as the number two, but I could see it easily. Uh, so keep moving on. I think the Jets want Pippen to start, but it won't just hand it to him. Yeah, I, I think ideally you, you'd want your, your second round center to be the better player than your guy that you just gave $1.2 million dollars exactly. per year. Yeah, so you definitely have to start, but it depends. Um, what do you guys ex- expect out of Harmon this year? Um, really, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to have a couple of big plays when he gets into space, you know, he can really turn on the jets and pull away from people. Um, Mm -hmm. he's actually not soft either. Like, you know, he, he can, he can run away from assault from an arm tackle. Uh, you know, he could, he could push forward. Like if it's like a crowded pile, like he could push forward for like an extra two yards or something like that. But he really lacks understanding of, you know, um, defensive coverages, Route running, uh, catching the football. So, so yeah, zone. Yeah, it, he's t- like really, and this is tracking the ball in errors. Tracking the ball. Him. It's he's like a, he, I expect like a souped up Braxton Barrios. I expect a little bit larger of a Braxton Barrios role. I expect him to see more touches than Barrios did on like design touches. I expect to see him use a lot more vertically than Barrios was, but I expect him to be you know wide receiver four, four five hundred yards maybe you know a couple a couple hundred yards you know, rushing the ball on like sweeps and end arounds and things like that. But pretty much a souped up Braxton Barrios um, role, not the same player. Do the Jets have any backup tackles who can play at all? Um, yeah, like I'm 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 semi confident in Max Mitchell as a backup. Uh, I would say Turner as a backup isn't the worst case scenario, but like. If you're telling me, hey, George Fant or, or Billy Turner, to me, I'd rather have George Fant back on the team than a Billy Turner. Now, Billy Turner's a little more versatile. You could play inside or outside, so maybe they value that. But you know, how many teams really have backup tackles that can play, like legitimately can play? So, yeah, I would say I, I would be more comfortable um, 
you know, if there, if there was a, a George Fant on the team, like, like last year when it was, it was going to be Fant and Becton, they're bringing, they're bringing in Brown, right. To, to potentially back up Becton before the injury. And they drafted Mitchell. If that were the scenario, I'll be more comfortable with last year's depth. If Becton never went down. Um, but it's okay right now. Like we have, we have a couple of bodies, but if, if Yannick Kajus comes into the game and he's on the team, we're really fucked. <laughs> so uh, hopefully he's not on the team, but he has his skills. I love Harmon's uh, signing speed kills. Yeah. And especially considering it's like $5 million, right? It's not, it's not really a big, a big contract. So uh, I think, see. I think Hardman is a good fit with Rogers skill set. Like Rogers with that really quick release, the way that Rogers plays in the screen game where he just, he could just uh, get the snap and just fling the ball in there without even having mm-hmm. to set his feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you give Hardman a chance to catch it and and start running before the defense really gets a chance to react. And you know, I'm saying if you give him a little crease, he can take that a long way. Yeah, like he'll 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 be the type of guy almost like with Izzy, like he'll be the guy who will drop a slant on third and four and really piss you off. But then he'll take a uh, you know a, a forty yard end around on second and twelve and like oh shit okay like he he's he's kind of he's very volatile either negatively or positively. Um, and Rifki, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I think they were trying to sign Brown before Beckton got hurt. Like he was actually at the green and white scrimmage and then Beckton got hurt like a day later. And then Brown was like, yo, listen, give me like $10 million instead of that five we were talking about, you know, and the Jets had their, their hands tied there. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I know. I'm just saying if they were to sign him prior to that, uh, usually don't like doomsday hypotheticals, but if the O-line struggles again and the year doesn't go great, how hot is JD's seat it was supposed to be the O-line guy when he came in. Um, I don't think he gets fired. I think um, Woody Johnson likes him too much. Just see the way he posts about him on social media and think about the way that Woody Johnson talks about him and like some of the one jets drive or um, flight, whatever it's called. Um, he's pretty high on him. Now, obviously winning and losing changes everything. Yeah. But I don't think the team is going to lose enough games to the point where you'd, you'd blame it. You'd be more likely to blame it on the, the coach than the GM. So I think Joe Douglas is definitely here for another year. Yeah, and like, and, and with him, it's it's a lot about the the again the process versus results. Like, you know, you picked Becton. Did you expect him to be this injured? That's kind of hard to see. ABT. Did you expect him to, to to hurt himself last year? Like, he's had plenty of injuries that you don't typically have on an offensive line. Which, by the way, Kyle, you mentioned the Michael Carter thing, uh, dude. ABT. That review. That that's what's going to come out. He is so goddamn good. Like he, he just, and, and it carried on through college where I was like watching his USC tape. Like he's almost boring because of how like consistent he is. Same thing in the NFL. Like he was such a stud before he moved to tackle. And he was good at tackle, but you saw some flaws start to pop up at tackle more than they did at guard. He he is an all pro guard. Um, do not move him. Yeah. So yeah, no, he was great at guard. He definitely struggled in that Pittsburgh Steelers game going against um Highsmith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh okay, Scott. I, I already know we're going to come and said, oh, it's top 25. It took you an hour to get to it. You know, giddy up, whatever. Somebody's, some asshole is going to say that. It is what it is. Let's start off our list. We're going from 25 to 1. I did not personally put any kickers or punters in here because I don't. I didn't want to do that this year. If you did, great. That's fine with you. Do you want to start list off at 25, go to 1, and then talk about some guys who just missed? Or do you want to talk about some guys who who just missed prior to even going into the list? Or do you do you feel like maybe it's better to leave those guys hanging? Maybe they can make an appearance. Yeah, let's 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 leave them well, hanging. Well, this maybe- was my thinking this year around. In previous years, I would always write one, two, maybe three guys that almost made it. This year, yeah. I was like, screw it. It's called top twenty-five for a reason. If you didn't make it, you didn't make it. 
That was my okay. thinking this year. Okay. So I didn't so write I, any honorable mentions. I wrote down honorable mentions um, this this year just because we have quite a few who in prior years might be in the top 10 who are not even on the list now. You know, a guy like Uzama a couple of years ago would have been, I don't know, 15. Now he's, is he on the list? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but Kyle, uh, let's start this off. I My first one is a little bit of, I, I think it's going to be someone that surprises you. So let's go to, let's go to yours. Let's go to yours first. Who is your 25th? Oh, you're assuming that big build up and then not. Who is the, who, uh, okay. who so is number the 20, 25, 25 for me is Joey Tipman. Okay. Okay, so um, I have him. Actually, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say exactly exactly where where I have Joe Tipman. It's only it's, it's only a few spots higher. I, I think I should. Eh. Actually, I'm not going to write yours down. I was just starting to write yours down. You were, you were somebody. Somebody down. in the chat can do it. Somebody did that last year. Might I have think Mike. it was. Uh, I think it, it was Mike. Mike. Yeah, I think it was Mike, who I haven't seen in, in a couple of minutes, but I know there's nothing going on here. Uh, my 25th best player on the Jets this year, Kyle, and it's not. It's almost hard to like. Okay, is it now? Is it going? Is it at the end of the year what we're anticipating? For me, my 25th was Tony Adams, which is maybe a little bit of a reach, but this is where I expect him to be. Um, I I do think he's going to end up as the starting free safety on the Jets, and some guys who I have him over might be a little bit surprising. Like I'll I'll give one of my guys who, who missed the list, like him versus Amos. I would right now, if you tell me, hey, you're starting free safety for the 2023 season, I'm taking the risk on Adams and what he'll be over Amos as as that starting free safety. Might sound crazy. Go and watch the Amos review. It's it doesn't deep. sound it doesn't sound crazy when based off what I saw with Amos. Yeah, and and like and, and that's why I wanted to go back in his review and watch his 2020 stuff because 2020 stuff, he had like an 87 PFF grade stud safety. Kyle, was he a stud in 2020? I don't think no. so. <laughs> like not at all. So uh, to me, I, you know, again, I, I th- and and we'll go into exactly like average, above average, whatever. But like as a 25th player on the roster, I think we've we've come to a point where that player is about like an average-ish level starter in the league. And I think Tony Adams at starting free safety this year, maybe I'm taking a little bit of a leap of faith, but I think he's going to be like an average level free safety range. So he he started he started off uh, he started off my list of 25. Well, that would be great if he can achieve that status. So mm-hmm. cool. So you got to go to 24 first since I did 25 first. 24. Um, yeah, it's so, it is so, I, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm just going to leave my list how it is. By the way, I, I have to, I, I must say that I am a little surprised that Adams is at 25 just because yeah. there could be some other players there. Not that you'd have him higher than Amos, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it is a small sample size and obviously the coaching staff thinks higher of the player than, most uh, Jets fans do at the moment. Uh, yeah. But your small sample size review wasn't necessarily great. There mm-hmm. were some coverage busts. There was him getting trucked uh, by, what was it, Mostert and might have been Kenneth Walker. Um, it, it, it wasn't the greatest tape out there. You know, mm-hmm. the, the preseason tape, you know, of last year, there was a lot to be excited about. So anyway, go to mm-hmm. 24. Sorry. Yeah, so so my twenty fourth is uh, is Quentin Jefferson, um, and part of it is that, like like again, twenty four sounds really bad, but to me, Quentin Jefferson's like an av- like a, maybe an average level starting D tackle in the league. He's a really good pass rusher when he's in there. I'm sure Rivka can pull up some numbers, and Nania has him. He's one of the better 
interior defensive lineman when he's rushing the quarterback. Again, you know, how do you really quantify numbers? Like just because he's a higher pressure percentage than Aaron Donald, does that mean he's a better player? Obviously not. So what do the numbers really mean? But regardless, they're good. And I thought his film was pretty good in terms of rushing the passer. Um, and I think in a role where he's going to be like a primary penetrator, even if he isn't in the run, uh, that that will aid him a little bit more because there was some instances in, in Seattle where he was too gapping, at least based on what I watched. Um, so I, I think in a more penetrating only type of role, Jefferson can can take a step up in terms of his run defense. I still don't think he'll ever be even average, but I don't think he'll be dreadfully bad um, with the jet with the Jets, and he's a very good pass rusher. So uh, he's he's twenty fourth for me. That's interesting. This is a player that. When I was scrolling up and down through the Jets roster, I kept thinking, like, is this guy going to make my list? seems like he should, but he didn't. Um, But I totally get why you would put him in because I felt like he should be in there. Um, And, yeah, he definitely should not be two-gapping, and I don't think that he'll really be doing any of that with the Jets. It almost makes Mm -hmm. you wonder why Seattle had him doing that, and it could have just been been in a situation where they really just didn't have the personnel and he kind of needed to do it out of necessity. Uh, mm-hmm. But coming into the Jets with a loaded D-line, he does not need to do that. So, no. Uh, yeah. So, okay, cool. Uh, so, you want me to go to my 24 then? Well, I don't want you to go to 23 before you give me 24. I'm just asking if you want me to go to 24 now, Joe. <laughs> All right. I have um, the other early draft pick of the Jets, Mr. Will McDonald, the fourth, right? He's the fourth? Okay. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I like what McDonald can be. So when you were talking about what Tony Adams can be, um, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest, uh, I was kind of disappointed that they drafted McDonald overtaking someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba. And everyone keeps like throwing out all these Jackson Smith and Jigba cooking this person at camp and cooking that person at camp. And it's like, uh, you know, is this one of these things where he missed out on a potential future stud? Uh, but you know, the more I watched to the player, the more I liked. And I yeah. definitely liked taking him at 15 more than I liked trading up and taking Jermaine Johnson at 26. Completely transparent. And I get that Jermaine Johnson yeah. could be the complete package, run stuffing ability and pass rush ability. But, um, you know, passing in the NFL is king. And I think that Will McDonald is a better pass. I know he's a better pass rusher than Jermaine Johnson and – uh I have more confidence in his – well, not that I have more confidence. It's just – it's more important than uh, Jermaine Johnson's rough run-stuffing ability. So, anyway, I got Will McDonald, 24. Yeah, and and uh, I'm not going to say whether or not he made the list. For for me, it was, it was difficult to place McDonald um, just because I think he could be a really good player for the Jets, but is he going to prove that he's one of the top – like the, the 25 best players on the Jets in 20% of the reps, 25% of the reps? You know, so it's a little bit hard. Um, but I could say, like, to me – Watching and people might find this obviously. Like, oh, he was a 15th pick and JJ was a 27th. Obviously, he's better. But if it if it needs to be said, I, I like McDonald coming out of college more than I like JJ. Like, uh, watching after watching him, um, I was definitely higher on the pick. Like, I'm I'm excited for what he could be, especially if he can keep some of the flexibility and Bendy has, and he adds 10, 15 pounds, and he's 250, 255. He could be he could be a monster. Like I really I really like what McDonald's is, is going to or what I think. He I have a very be. interesting question for you, and yeah. I know that sometimes you want to speed through this, but we're not in lightning round right now, so I feel like I have the ability to ask it. Joe, are you more confident in Will McDonald's ability to maybe put on some weight and some muscle and be more stout in the run game because he showed in his film 
that he has a very willingness to be tough in the run game. Are you going to ask about this first, JJ's pass rush? Or JJ's ability to develop as a pass rusher. What, what are you more confident in, Joe? That's such a hard question, right? Because it's like two polar opposites. Um, fuck. I, that, that's, I, it's, I, it's, honestly, it's honestly really, really hard because I feel like um, I would say, I would say McDonald, I would say McDonald in the run game, just because he, I, I think he flashed it enough in a very wrong role. Like if you put him versus tight ends, if you put him as an edge setter, as a five tech or a nine tech, and he adds more weight, uh, I think it would have showed up more than JJ's pass rushing. If that makes sense. Like I, he, he, he had more consistent flash of it in college. Like he was, he was misused and skinny. And he was a four eye and he still had some good plays in the run game. Whereas, okay, you put him at 250, 250 with the Jets and, and you actually play him in a, in a, in a, in the role he's supposed to be. in. I think he could actually be at least an okay edge rusher. But I also think that JJ can also be an okay pass rusher. Like he has the strength, he has the burst, he has um, some other, you know, athletic tangibles that, that we like, but I think his ceiling is limited in pass rushing. Um, whereas McDonald, I don't think he's necessarily limited. He's never going to be 290, but I think he could be fine enough. I, I didn't really answer it like as well as I wanted to. Um, but I guess McDonald for no reason really other than feel, I, I guess. Um, it's a really hard question to answer though. So touche. I think, I think I tend to agree. I think so much with stuff like people can definitely learn and develop their game as a pass rusher, but I think a lot of it is just like kind of a feel thing and, some guys, there's just been so many examples of guys who you draft with upside, what they could mm-hmm. be as a pass rusher, and they just kind of don't get it. So hopefully that's not JJ. Yeah, it's a hard one. So my, my 23rd, uh, I think you gave, you gave your 24th already. Uh, my 23rd is Tippman. I've been moving him around a lot just because I don't necessarily know what to expect in year one. But again, like Jefferson is maybe slightly below average as a starter. And, and maybe we're moving into like the slightly, like again, slightly below, below average to average ish type of range where I'm at right now. Um, but I've, I think Tippin would be okay in, in year one. But again, it's a projection. So I, I tend to put the rookies a little bit lower. Uh, is he going to win the job? I don't really know. But Tippin at 23, I thought it was a, was a fine place for him. Okay, so for 23, I'm curious to know if this guy even made your list. Lakin Tomlinson. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to answer that question right now, but uh, yeah, yeah, Lakin. I know that and I know that's pretty damn low, but what we saw for the entirety of last season, I mean, it's not even just like I, I can assure you everyone that's watching and listening right now that. I did not put him here because he didn't live up to contract expectations. I mean, I genuinely put him here because I think there are 22 jets that are better than him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if I'm going based on, you know, like upside, if it was just solely based on upside, I mean, there'd be several guys that I would put over him here too. Like I, I believe more in Tipman's upside, McDonald's upside, even some guys that didn't even make my list. So, uh, but you know, he he. Hopefully, he can get back to being something better that he was in San Francisco. But mm-hmm. he is on the wrong side of thirty now. So anyway, yeah, yeah. You you have to hope he can bounce back at least to average, right? Like you you know you're paying sixteen million dollars a year for one of the worst starting guards in the league last year. Just being average would be a massive upgrade from what he was last year. So you're taking a little bit of a leap of faith that he maybe he 
is average. But for me, uh, 22nd player, I have Quincy Williams right here. Um, I think he was overpaid, to be completely honest, for for what he is. Uh, you know, what, five, six million dollars he got? Like, was he that much better than Quan last year where Quan was playing for like a million, million and a half dollars? I don't necessarily think so, but you're betting on Asala being able to continue their development of Quincy Williams, you know, taking him from from the scraps to developing into a starting linebacker with a relatively big contract. And again, like he's a guy to me who's slightly below average, but it may be even average because I think linebacker play right now in the NFL is hurting in general. Like you don't have a ton of studs there. He's a guy, very volatile, really good play coverage bust, really good play, you know, fills the wrong hole, whatever it may be. So uh, Quincy is just a little bit too volatile to put, to put higher for me. So um, he's at 22. Okay. Um, I think that's pretty good. I think I, I think I put him way too high truthfully. Um, wow. And I think I might, I, I think I, you're actually convincing me that I should switch him around a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, which I will do. I, I, I will announce that soon. <laughs> okay. So 22 for me right now, I have Alan Lazard at 22. Okay. And you're just like, it, it... Okay. All right. So I, I kinda, we, we shit on his hands a lot. Um, like where, where are you placing him? So like I've been kind of getting like, okay, like a little bit below average. Like where do you feel he is as, as a starting or, or you know, two or three that kind of quantify what he is? He's definitely not really a number two in my mind. Um, yeah. And that's why we spoke a lot about bringing in Hopkins. You're going to see, I, I probably a lot of people are going to be pissed at me with how high I have Corey Davis on this list. But I mean, I have a big gap between him and Corey Davis. I mean, like what does Lazard do? That's like actually like good um, or decent. Um, A lot of people bragged about his blocking. Personally, I didn't see a lot of that. And I think a lot of that was kind of like, okay, well, he's somewhat of a willing blocker. You know, he's a a good teammate. That doesn't make him a good blocker. Um, He had that one highlight block where he, just so happened to knock three dolphins out in one spot and then he counts them. So, Oh, well, you know, one pretty damn good play on national TV with a nice little WWE gesture, you know, that can kind of inflate your opinion of how good someone's a block. But like, this is, he's a tall dude, six, five. And you know, when you're stock blocking, you don't need to get super low. Uh, but you know, sometimes like you do need to get your, your hands into the guy's chest plate and be able to, you know, stay close to him and drive him and keep chopping your feet. And I would just see him just, you know, stand up really high and just get in the guy's face and not really chop his feet and get thrown to the side. I don't really think he's that good of a blocker Um, in terms of creating separation. I mean, the guy doesn't have much burst at all. Um, So I don't really see that he does many things very well. Now he is kind of physical. He's pretty good at the catch point. So, I mean, I guess that's something to um, admire with him, but uh, I don't really view him as like a really solid number two. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I, I think he's a, I think he's a, like a solid three, right? Like, I think that's what he, what he is. But if, if he's going to be your legitimate number two option uh, as a receiver, not the best. And I think him and Davis are kind of like three A, three Bs. And if you have two threes, do you have a two? I, you know, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but for me, my, my 21 is Dwayne Brown. Um, again, about average, you know, maybe a little bit below average at this point in, in the top 25, uh, for me, Brown was obviously pretty bad last year. I think him getting healthy, him having a healthy shoulder, I think he could be about an average starting left tackle in the league, uh, next year. Again, maybe a little bit below average, but, 
I, I feel like he deserves some some credit here, and it's not like a lifetime achievement award or anything like that. Yeah, did he play bad last year? Sure. Was he playing with a torn rotator cuff or whatever it was in his shoulder as a tackle? Really, really hard to do. Obviously, hard to do any on any position in, in, in the NFL. But I think he'll be better this year. So uh, I, I gave I gave him spot twenty one. Okay, yeah, you you had him a lot lower than I did, uh, but no. he's he's a guy who when I wrote him down, I was like, man, I don't really know if I could put him this high. But mm-hmm. there's a certain point where I feel like there's like a big drop off in terms of Jets talent. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how much I factored in just like him being like a steady presence there. Yeah, that might have factored into my rankings. But yeah, there's there's quite a bit of a discrepancy there between us. Okay, hmm. so let's move on. Um, so that was your what number was that? Twenty one. Twenty one. Okay, so twenty. Then I guess I will go for twenty. I have uh Michael Clemens there. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So for me. Cle- Clemens didn't make my list, um, and I, I think people are going to like shit on me for that because people love Clemens. But and, and I would honestly want to go back and really watch exactly what he did. But a lot of his splashes to me that I saw were chase downs, effort plays, him blowing up tight ends. It wasn't anything where it was like legit, not not legitimately impressive, but like impressive enough for me to put him on the on this list at the bare minimum, right? So Clemens didn't make my list, but I get him making the list for you. Um, but part of it, my thinking too, was like, how much does he really play this year? And maybe that shouldn't factor in because is he better than this guy or not? But that, that factor that trickled in a little bit to me. I like also how, put him how, on here for special teams role. ability too. Like he had a couple of really nice special teams plays yeah. last year and you know, he had the block punt. Um, he had a couple of really nice tackles on kickoff. I mean, they play him a lot on special teams and, you know, he showed up mm-hmm. on, in several circumstances. So, you know. Uh, but I, I, I get it though. Um, in terms of pass rush ability, you know, he was drafted as an edge defensive end, whatever you want to call it. And simply as, you know, a guy, like if you're thinking of him as a guy who's going to get to the quarterback from, you know, like a wide nine or something like that. Yeah. Uh, don't count on that. And the thing is like, where does he play Kyle? Like, the, okay. So, and I, I look, I love the bravado. I love all that stuff, but for Clemens to make like a true impact, like, is he going to play on the interior over Quinn Williams? Or, or should he? Let's answer the question, should he? No. Quentin Jefferson, interior, should he? No. Uh, now, obviously, pass rushing over Al Woods, sure, but you already have two guys over him. Should JFM play over him on the inside? Yes. Is he going to play over JFM on the edge for en- in any circumstance, maybe other than run stuffing? No. Carl Lawson, no. Huff, pass rushing, no. McDonald, pass rushing, no. So, like, JJ on the edge as a run stuffer, no. So, when does he get on the field as an interior substitute sometimes for pass rushing and as a backup edge setter on the edge? Cause like right now I think your two best edge guys for suffering the run are JFM and JJ, right? Maybe Clemens in some instances, but like, where does he really make a big impact? It's a good point. So what you're basically saying in a little bit less words is that anywhere you put him on the D line, he's never the primary guy that you want there. Yeah. So I don't he's know never the primary guy you make. want in a, in an obvious pass rushing situation. He's never the primary guy that you want in a 50-50 pass rush or run situation, uh, whether it's on the edge or on the interior defensive line. So, yeah, I, I get it. Totally get mm-hmm. it. Um, <clears throat> so that was your 20, Kyle? Yes. Okay, my, my 20 is Tomlinson. So you had Tomlinson, well, two spots lower than I did. And this is, again, about that average range. Um, and I, I think Tomlinson was above average player with with in his time in uh, San Fran last year who's got awful. So – 
hopefully he bounces back somewhere in the middle or hopefully he just the pro bowler again, which did he really deserve the pro bowl? Probably not. But uh, I, I have Tomlinson at 20. Um, and I think that's with a bounce back because if he was what he was last year, he's not on the list. He's not in my even five who just missed the list type of list. So um, he needs to bounce back. And I think he does at least a little bit. And that's why he's spot 20. And again, about, about an average-ish type player. Yeah. The thing with him is, it's not for lack like when you talk about like Kajust being a bitch, and we've talked about oh. other other offensive linemen for the Jets being quote unquote bitches. Uh, you could even maybe lump like someone like Brent Qualley in there or something like that. Uh, mm. Tomlinson is a very willing player, uh, but I mean he had way too many brain farts last year. Uh, like there were so many times when like uh, there was a couple times when like. People said, oh, his controller died or something like that, or he just didn't pick up stunts. I mean, that was a big problem for the Jets in general last year. Um, my, I know Michael's talked about that a lot. Connor McGovern had that issue last year as well. Uh, so you do feel like, you know, being for, what, four or five years in San Francisco with with Shanahan, obviously you have great coaching, especially in the run game. Uh, that obviously elevated his play. And you're hoping that with – hopefully better offensive coaching in terms of offensive line coach and, and new offensive coordinator that shores up some of uh, his brain farts and stuff. So here's mm-hmm. to hoping. Okay. So you did your 20. I did my 20. Uh, who's doing 19 first. I'll do 19. I was, I was actually just looking up some Yadni Kajus plays. I'm like, is there one play that's really bad that stands out above the rest? And I watch I'm like, Oh, they're all kind of bad. So I was trying to find it. You'll, you'll, you'll see. It's all, it's, I think that review is like 45 minutes. So it's not so long, but, if you watch that, you'll understand like, Hey, if, if Yadne could juice makes the team over a Tristan Cologne, I'm going to be pissed. So you don't have some context of why um, my, my 19 is Becton and Becton is a guy who could be in my top 10. If Becton plays all year and he was what he, what he was in his rookie year, or even better. I think he could be a top 10 player on the jets next year. Be top but five. You, but you're also talking about a guy who hasn't really played in two years. So you have to, find a, a middle ground. Cause I think he's better than some guys on my, if he's healthy better than, you know, I haven't said Alan Lazard yet or whoever it may be, but he's also been injured. So I, I think 19 is a decent spot to, to place him because he can't be too low, but I don't think he can be too high based on his, his, his last two years. So, and this might even be a leap of faith to put him at 19 considering he hasn't made an impact on the team in two years. But uh, for me, he's 19. I'm not going to argue with here at, uh, with you at all on this one, but I yeah. knew that there was going to be quite a discrepancy between you and I on him. Uh, and there's no like real legit argument for me. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, we're just like thinking about it in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have much confidence that he can stay healthy. Unfortunately, I don't, but if he does yeah. stay healthy, I do have a lot of confidence in his ability because I've seen it in his rookie yeah. year and uh, his college. State. Okay. I'm curious uh, to see how high you have him ranked because like even his rookie year, he was good, but he also like he, he he was very good, but he wasn't Tristan worse. Like he got he got bitched a little bit versus Cleveland Farrell. He got bitched a little bit versus you always say that that Bill's edge rusher who I always forget his name. Like so he was good. He wasn't uh, Mario year, Addison. Though. Yeah, Addison. Okay. So uh you didn't give me your nineteen yet, right? Oh my was, God. Was, I, I think I didn't put him on my list for some reason. I don't know why I, I meant to, but I don't know why I didn't put him on here. Wait, did Back I then? I swear I, I didn't I, I I fucked up. I didn't put him on here. I'll find okay. a way to. Uh, I'll, well, I, you, I don't if, know what I could do. Well, no, no, no. You just, that messes you just everything up. You just push. You just put them on the list and push everybody down a spot. And and your twenty fifth player was whoever it was. And now they're twenty six. Who was your twenty fifth player again? Uh, twenty five for me was Tipman. 
Okay, right, so I'll, I'll, find, I'll, I'll find a way to squeeze him in here at some point. Yeah, yeah, squeeze him in. So who was who your 19? 19, that's where I have Quincy. Okay, so so similar range, right? Like, like again, big splashes, big busts at the same time. Like, there's plays I showed in last season. I forget, was it the Bills game where he completely busted a, a coverage rep and then, this, you know, a sack happened. So, like, yeah, great play sack. You know, doesn't affect Quincy Williams and PFF or whatever it may be, but if that sack wasn't there, he just gave up a touchdown a walk-in touchdown. So he's just way too volatile for me to put him uh, much higher than, than you have him. Okay. I got it. So, uh, they, uh, Dan said Beckman started swimming in the offseason. What do you think of that? I, I think it's great. Like, to me, for like aerobic type stuff, there's really nothing better than swimming, right, Kyle? Because it works, works your everything. entire body. You're not, you're not, you don't have the, the consistent, you know, uh, like banging of the knees and running or anything like that. So swimming is fantastic for your entire body. So I, I love that, that, that he's doing that. Yeah. And somebody was talking there. about cardio and stuff. And yeah, what's that guy's name? David Goggins, who like runs a gazillion miles, but like, you know, you hear Joe Rogan talk about him. Like he's got like, apparently like his knee joints are so fucked up. But yeah. Like, you don't yeah. really have that problem with swimming. So. Mm-hmm. the no. only problem with swimming is is like you know i mean i guess it's easier for a professional athlete that has lots of money to spend you know do you have your own pool you know can you get one and all that kind of stuff and you know you want to go to a public gym or whatever you're swimming around other people i don't know cool. something general just general thing with swimming a lot of people think they're much better swimmers than they actually are i noticed that in the academy there's a lot of people like oh yeah i can tread water for this long so i give your pool day you have to tread water you have to hold people up you gotta do laps you gotta do whatever a lot of people suck at swimming, like really, really, really suck. So, but it's a great exercise. Like that shit was tiring um, that that day. But did you even say you're 19? Yep. Uh, I said or, it was Quincy. Quin- oh yeah, yeah, Quincy. So my 18, you had him a couple spots. Um, you, had a, you had him a couple spots lower than I did. But to me, it's it's Lazard. But really, like if if, if you kind of like go into my thinking, like okay, Beckton or not even Beckton, but Tomlinson is going to be about average-ish. Brown is average-ish. You know, Quincy's average-ish. So maybe. Lazard should be lower because if you're telling me that those guys are average level starters, you know, is wide receiver three a starter? To, to me, it is. And, and I guess he's like on an average level for wide receiver three. So maybe that's why I put him there. But I can make an argument that saying, you know, there's only two tackles. There's only really like two linebackers for the Jets. So there's only, you know, like, like all these guys do, deserve to be higher than Lazard. But I put I, I put him here. Maybe I could have dropped him below. Maybe even like Quincy. Maybe he should be like 23. But for me, at least initially, I put him at 18. I, I think he's a solid three. If you're expecting to be a solid two, you're going to be disappointed. Like you said, I don't think he's really great at anything. But he's pretty like decent at a lot of things as well. Uh, Rodgers likes him. So 18, maybe, maybe a spot or two too high, you know, being transparent. But I'm okay with him here. Okay. Uh, so 18 for me would be Jermaine Johnson. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I'm not going to say where I have him. It's pretty, pretty similar range, um, right here. Uh, but I, I guess, I guess I can say it cause he's my next, he's my next spot is, is, is JJ. Um, and I think we're getting into the range where now we're at like average. Like I, I think JJ is an average level starting D end. If he's on your team, a guy who could obviously stuff the run. Well, he did it at Florida. Well, Florida state. Well, he did it in the NFL well. I think he's an okay pass rusher. So I think a good edge setter and a okay uh, and an okay pass rusher kind of levels out to get average-ish level starter. So uh, JJ was one spot higher higher for me. But I, I get your thinking with putting him where he is. 
I think calling him okay last year would be a little bit of a stretch, but I'm also banking on him getting better because he does have some freakish ability. Like, you know, he's a four, five, five guy. His 10 yard split was mm-hmm. amazing. You know, mm-hmm. he is a freakish athlete. He's absolutely jacked. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I plan on him getting better there. At least I hope, I just don't know how much better. Yeah. Okay. okay. So that was 18. So why don't you go with 17? 17 was JJ. I, I had 18 oh, okay. Lazard, uh, JJ at JJ at 17. Okay. And that's have... another thing too. Like JJ is like, he's here because we're saying that he's not the best at rushing the passer. And maybe he is better than we realized this year, but when is he really going to get the chance to prove it? Like on a down to down basis. So is he limited, limited with how many good players are around him in terms of like showing his true potential, true potential to you and I, Kyle. So yeah, 17, um, go with your 17. Okay. So my 17 and I get the feeling that this person might not even be on your list at all based on what you said, or maybe they are, but I have Bryce Huff here at 17. And I know that some people are saying, well, he's a new one dimensional player and things like that. And totally get it. Totally, totally get it. But there's a reason that jets drafted Will McDonald at 15, despite the fact that he's only going to play 20, 30% of snaps um, on any given Sunday, this current year, Uh, there is a lot of value for that getting off the field on third down and changing possession. And when remember, let's not forget that Bryce Huff was inactive the first several weeks last year, the first, what, three weeks or whatever it was, they, you know, started putting him in, started dressing him, started, and he really kind of like transformed the defense in, in a way. I'm not acting like it's just one person. I mean, like, listen, sauce got better. He stopped having coverage busts and things like that. There was better communication. It was several things, but, uh, Bryce Huff absolutely is one reason why the defense started to play a little bit better. So mm-hmm. I think there is, you should not underestimate the value. You know, we were kind of saying JJ is a little bit one dimensional, uh, at least in his rookie year. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Huff might've been, but if you're telling what's, what's more valuable, you know, like a third down pass rush specialist or a guy who, mm-hmm. you know, on second and short can help stuff the run, you know, obviously the okay. third down pass rush specialist is more important. So JJ and who, and who was your who was your sixteen? You said Huff, Huff or no? You said uh, uh, Huff was Huff, your seventeen. Huff was seventeen for me. Okay, and who was your sixteen? Connor McGovern. Okay, we're lockstep with McGovern. He's he's my sixteenth player as well. Um, now, am I shocked that he got signed for one point two million dollars? I am. I have no idea how he gets less money than Wes Schweitzer, but it's the way the NFL world works. Uh, but McGovern, we're, now we're at average. Like he's an average center to me. Right. Maybe he's maybe he's regressed a little bit from where he came with the Broncos, but I still think he's a solid player. Um, so I, I had him at 16 as well. And then to just move forward, I, I have Huff at 15, a spot after him. Um, and I know you, you have uh, I, uh, Jordan says Huff is underrated. He should be top 10. But part of it is, yes, he's a very, very good pass rusher but that's for 20% of the reps and then you don't see him for the rest of the game. So if he was in for run plays and he was okay in the run, maybe I put him higher, but it's just such a specialized role that I can't put him in, in, in my top 10. And, and you'll see who's in the top 10. Like, who are you going to take him out for? We have some really good players coming up. Um, so he, he was, he was my 15. I really, really like what he does. But with that being said, he's, it's obviously a limited sample size or not a limited sample size, but it's a limited role. So how do you quantify how low you put him? Cause if you say, Oh, well, He's, he's elite at this one thing. Okay, yeah, he might be, you know, elite at pass rushing where he's better, where he's, like, for that one individual thing, he's better than JFM is at one individual thing, but JFM plays, can play every single rep. So do you put him higher than JFM? Probably not, right? So, uh, yeah, Huff was my 15 for kind of the same reasons you, you put him a little bit lower. Okay. 
And by the way, if anybody is actually writing down both me and Joe's uh, numbers, I am really sorry for fucking up the whole Beckton thing. So I think <laughs> I should actually be, if I'm doing this right from now on, being that I inserted him somewhere, I should be saying that everyone is actually one spot lower than what I actually said. Okay, so yeah, that's fine. technically McGovern would be my 17, I think. If, if Okay, if so I then give me, your, so give me your, your 16 and your my, 15. My, so my 16 would be Al Woods. Okay. Um, go ahead, Kyle. Cause I, cause, cause, and you guys, uh, that, yeah, I think Al Woods came out. Um, you said something to the effect of I'm like three plays in and Al Woods is already one of my favorite jets. So, yeah. uh, so you watched the entire review, I'm assuming, uh, maybe you just stopped it for the first couple of plays, but, uh, go, I, go yeah, I, watched the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. I mean, so it, it could be just the fact that I played on the defensive line and I just, you know, somebody said in the chat two weeks ago that Kyle loves, loves those big, bad bullies. And, uh, yeah, I do love big, bad bullies for some, I mean, it wasn't a big, I remember when, uh, the bills signed Rex Ryan or the Rex Ryan and the bills signed Richie incognito. He's like, yeah, I want to build a bully, <laughs> which was, as some people said, a, a, a comment in poor taste after Richie incognito was involved with the Jonathan Martin <laughs> bullying scandal or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I get what he's saying and in the context of football, it's, it's fine. Um, but Al Woods is a bully on the defensive line. I mean, he just throws people around. I mean, like he is a massive human being. Uh, and he, he actually moves better than what you would think too. Uh, and there were some plays that you highlighted in your review where, you know, he's chasing guys down the line of scrimmage, right? Like remember when Coleman put out like his Quinn and Williams review and, you know, like one of the things he was highlighting is like, you know, Quinn and Williams, like, diagnosing the play and then chasing the guy all the way down the sideline on the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not saying you really saw necessarily that with Al Woods, but you did, you would see that from time to time. And it's just, uh, I, I like guys that are that strong and massive. And like, you know, he just moves people, man. Dude, like, there's some plays. He doesn't look like he tried. Like there, there's that one play where he stands up, he pops the guy back, literally just stands there. The guy comes back to close ground, just pushes him again. Like not even driving from his base or anything. Like he is a fucking savage, especially when he gets like when he gets a good anchor and stuff, you're not moving him. No, now part of the thing is like, yeah, he can play high and like his pass rushing. You know, people say like he can pass rush. He really can't very much because he he rushes very upright. But for what he is, he is he's fun. He's definitely a fun. He's definitely a fun watch. So I I legitimately enjoyed doing doing that review. I'm glad Kyle liked it as well. So yeah, that that was fun. So I that encourage was you all like if you're 16. Sorry, good. Uh, yes, 16. Mm -hmm. Um, I encourage you guys all if you can't get. To so many of Blewett's reviews because you just don't have that much time. That should be one that's on your bucket list. Fun. Okay. So you he was your 16. Who was your 15? Uh 15 would be Dwayne Brown, which well, okay. That's about what six, five, six, six spots higher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're anticipating a bigger bounce back than some others are. Uh you really think that shoulder injury obviously hampered him in, in 2022? I do. And I also just think like uh, what was the I think about like the drop off between him and some of the other tackles. Like, I think he was uh, way better than someone like Max Mitchell. Um, even last year, he was a decent amount better than Fant was in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a very small sample size and it's not really his thing and he wasn't practicing for it, but honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to say that he was better as a tackle than AVT was as a tackle last year too, which, you know, I mean, like, that's no that's no disrespect to ABT. I'm just saying. So, like, um, you know, I don't know how much I'm factoring in positional value and things like that. And maybe I'm factoring toughness and stuff that he played through the damn shoulder injury. I don't know. But 
I, I liked what he did given his age and all that kind of stuff. So that was your 15, my 14, because you already talked about his outwoods. Um, again, I think he's dominant in his role, but it's just a role. Like he's not a full-time player necessarily. He is so fun. He's so fun to watch though. Um, so he deserved to be pretty high on my list. Um, so I, I have Al Woods at 14 and you already spoke about him. So who is your, who is your 14? Um, so 14 for me would, so I said, okay. So 14 for me is Beckton. Okay. Um, yeah, this one, this one's like just a matter of an opinion because again, if he's good, okay. He could be even higher than this, but if he follows his same path as he has the last two years, then he's not going to be on the team, you know? So um, to me, I just put him a little bit lower just based on recent years. Like if it was a one year injury, then I probably put him higher, but the, but based on the fact that it's two years back to back and his first year, he wasn't even healthy. Now you could be evaluating. Okay. Well, those years he wasn't 340 look or 345, 347, whatever he is right now and looking really healthy. So I, I can understand that argument as well. But for me, it's just the recent past. I, I had to knock him because of that. Yeah. So I have Carl Lawson right around the same spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he so he was your fourteen, my thirteen, and I, again, this you're gonna agree with me. I don't know if you're th- you might have the same player right here. Uh, is Corey Davis, um, and yes, the injuries. I, I think maybe you can knock him a little bit because of the injuries. Like, really, should I put him maybe below Woods, Huff, McGovern, and maybe even JJ? I, I think you can argue that. Maybe I have him two or three spots too high, being uh, transparent, but. If you get a healthier Corey Davis who plays 13, 14 games, and you put him with Aaron Rodgers, you know, like he was a near thousand yard guy with AJ Brown, um, you know, and Tannehill throwing the ball in Tennessee. If he plays 14 games this year, Kyle, and he is the two, would you be shocked if I told you Corey Davis had 900 yards or a thousand yards? I don't think you would be if I said a thousand, you know, because he was what, like nine, nine, 60 or whatever it was with that last year in, in Tennessee. So I think he's a better player than people realize he is. And I think that will be exploited with, with Aaron Rodgers on the team. So he, he, he made the list at 13. I think people are probably going to shit on us probably the most for where we have Davis, because I think people think we're too high on him. but uh, it's hard to evaluate, you know, receivers when Zach Wilson's throwing you the ball. So. Yeah. And the injuries also play in people's mind too. Yeah. Okay. So if I, if I could rebuttal that, I would probably put him at 17 below McGovern, but it is what it is now. I, I'm not going to change it, but I, I would probably put him if, if I could go back, I would put him below, below Woods, Huff, and maybe McGovern for 16, 17, but go ahead. Okay. So God, I hope I'm doing this right. Um, I, me, I, I meant to put Beckton in. I think the only reason I didn't is because my mind got screwed up that we took him out last year, right before we did it, because when we did this last year, he got hurt. And I, it's a stupid move by me. So if I'm reading this right now that I, I have to basically bump everyone down. Um, well, now you're not. Brown because... was my 15. Beckton was my 14. So now you should be back in, in line with your top 13. Yeah. So Carl Lawson was 13 for me. Okay. Okay. So, wow, okay. so you have Davis higher than Carl Lawson. I do. Okay. I liked Corey Davis, man. And I wanted to like him. A... <sighs> uh, it, it's hard for me to like, like quantify this in words. Like it, it, he hasn't really impressed super much as a jet, but there are times like, I right, think about that big boy catch that he had in Minnesota. Okay. It was fourth down. Um, Mike White took a huge shot. It hung strong in the pocket. Corey Davis catches it, hands out, snags the ball out of air, 
And then, um, you know, he's maybe gets like about 10 yards after the catch or something like that. And it was like fourth and forever. in that play, it was a big boy catch. And I just feel like you would have seen a hell of a lot more plays from Corey Davis. Um, if he had a good quarterback throwing in the ball, but nobody else could have done that Cleveland Browns play that touchdown. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> complete, complete coverage bust there. Yeah. Shame on the Browns for that. Uh, okay. So did you say you're 12? Uh, so my 13 was Davis, uh, which was also your, no, no, you, you didn't put him yet. Um, I had 13. My, I had loss in there. Yeah, yeah. 13 was Lawson. My 12, my 12 is Mosley. Um, solid losing a step had more bust last year than I wanted to see. And like, not just, I really wanted to put him lower too. I really wanted to put him lower. Not, not just because of like his, his, um, speed, but like there was that play. Was it against the bills? I think it was against the Bills where like, he tries to punch a ball out when the guy's not wrapped up and he runs in for a touchdown. Like That's not a Mosley type of play, trying to punch a ball out when the when the guy's not secure. So Mosley lost his step. I, I still think he's a solid linebacker. I still think he's above average. Um, and, and obviously part of that's like there's not, a, a, again, a lot of good linebacker playing in the league. But I, I think he's solid, and that's 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 about it. He's definitely losing a little bit with me, though. So he, he's 12, where years prior he was probably top five-ish. I've been meaning to clip that one play against that backup running back from the Bears. That was one of Mosley's more embarrassing plays last year. Uh, I'll have that ready for a future. No? Uh, no, I don't think it was that play, but um, it was just like a little check down, honestly. And Trevor Simeon's throwing the ball. And I understand it was, that game was a little bit rainy and wet outside, but uh, that, I mean, Mosley was absolutely shook out of his shoes on that play. And it should have been Pats, the, the Pats attempt, the Pats jammed him up a little bit. Also, week two. He got he got juked by Jacoby Brissett <laughs> that one play like bad. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so Mosley and, Ju- and Jacoby Brissett uh, is not the most fleet of foot at all. No, not at all, not at all. He's he's he, he's a box. But uh, yeah, Mosley lost a little bit last year. Again, solid, but like all pro Pro Bowl level player anymore. Again, he did not deserve second team All Pro. We're just being no, honest. Not at all. Not at all. And so, I will give kudos to like you know we shit on them a lot, but like PFF and. Um, some of these other like stat tracking websites or whatever, they did not have them in the top 10 inside linebackers, but mm-hmm. the associated press who does the, uh, all pro rankings obviously did, but yeah, he okay. didn't deserve that. Okay. So, so your 12? 12, 12 for me was Tyler Conklin. Okay. Fine. That's fine. We're, we're in a, we're in a similar range now because like, we're all going to have this, the, the same, like 10 or 15 top players. Um, he was disappointing last year for being honest, but I think the things that was disappointing about him was like, you know, the fumbles and the the drop passes. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that's not the norm for him. And he will get back to being a little bit more solid in those areas. And I'm uh, surprised you have Mosley, Mosley over, over Conklin and, and, and Corey Davis over Conklin too. Like you think Corey Davis is a better receiver than Conklin is a tight end. Listen, Conklin, what did I text you? Uh, in the off season, after I watched your Conklin review, where you said the word rocker like 80 times or whatever in that review, uh, I said, man, you love this guy. And I said, if he has a good season, I'm buying you a Conklin Jersey. He did not have a good season. He did not have a good season. He had, uh, and somebody put it in the chat last week. He had, I think like four drops in the first four weeks with the jets. He had four drops in four years with Minnesota, literally four drops in four years. His first game, he had like two drops and a fumble. It's like, okay, like obviously that's not the norm for him. Um, and yeah, he, he didn't have a good year, but even in not a good year, he was, I think ninth or 10th in receiving yards by a tight end. And that's with Zach Wilson, Mike White and Joe Flacco throwing him the ball. So 
I, I obviously I don't put have him where you where you have him because I'm imagining what Conklin's going to be with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Um, and I think he's going to be much better than he was last year. And even if it's not a massive leap, if he's just better than last year, what is he? Sixth, seventh in tight end receiving yards. You're talking about the sixth, seventh, eighth best tight end again in just receiving yards. It's a pretty solid player. So um, I'm a little bit higher on, on what Conklin will be with. with Let me just also uh, say this. Like, I remember you clip this play. It might have been in the Bears game where him and Uzama like both had pancakes or whatever, or they double teamed a guy and pancaked him. And then they were like high-fiving each other after the play. Yeah. 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 I wasn't super impressed with his blocking all year either. I'm not saying he was bad at blocking. I just, it was kind of like, eh. So Mm. to have a subpar receiving year and not really impress me in the blocking department. Yeah. I do think he's going to get better, but I don't know. I still feel like 12 is pretty high. I don't know. No, it's still it's still it's still relatively high. Um, it's just not as high as as I had him, but it's obviously. Yeah, well, you okay. love him. You you love him. We understand. I do. That's your guy. I do. So that was so Han. So that was your that was my 12. twelve. And okay, your twelve. So who was your eleven, Kyle? So last year I got criticized for having this player way too low on my list. Um, now based on that hint, you need to guess who this player is. Han, Han, say it again. So say it again. Go ahead. Okay. Last uh-huh. year, when we did uh-huh. this, you criticized me for having this player way too low on my list. Now, Joe I'm Flacco. telling you, based on that hint, who is the player that I'm speaking of? Way too – oh, Michael Carter II. Correct. Okay. So he's so he's your – he's your t- 11. 11. 11. 11. Okay. I think, so, I think I got these numbers right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's not really giving much away. My, my, my 11 is Lawson. Um, and yes, he's higher than Mosley for me. I, I think that Lawson second year removed from a big injury, um, is going to be what we saw of Lawson in, in Cincinnati. So I, th- I think he's a pretty solid, a, a pretty damn solid edge rusher. So, uh, for me, he finished, he finished at 11 and then 10 was Michael Carter. The second, just to, again, give you a couple spots because you gave Michael Carter, um, your, your 11 spot. So I had him one spot higher. A very, very solid slot corner. I don't think he's elite slot corner like some people think he is. There's some more busts than people may realize with Michael Carter. And you're not going to see him a lot because of, obviously, the pass rush and things like that. I, I think he's very, very good, just not elite yet. Let's and again, just be fair that that is an extremely hard position to play. I mean, corner is probably the hardest position. Hard. But like when you're talking hard. slot where people have a two-way go all the time, very, very different. And you got to be in the box for, for, for the run. So it's so multidimensional. It's probably the hardest position to play on defense. Slot or one at least one of them is 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 slot corner. So uh yeah, Lawson eleven, Michael Carter the second, uh starting my my top ten. Okay, cool. Uh so I guess I'll go with my ten. And I said at the top of this that people were really gonna butcher me for this one, but I, I do have Corey, I have Corey Davis number ten. Okay. Oh, it's only three spots higher than than I do, but I just I can't put Davis over Michael Carter or Tyler Conklin. Um, I just because of the injuries too, like that factors into me as well. Now, maybe if he was less injured in recent years, I would put him a couple spots higher, but he's missed how many games in, in, in recent years, you know, for the Jets, at least 10 ish games. So mm-hmm. he would have to be healthy and what we expected him to be, to be better than these guys. And I, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to bet on both of those things happening. So I have a couple spots lower than, than you did. Um, not as high as 10, but I can understand it, even though, Again, I, I said he was he was 13, but realistically, I, if I had to redo the list and really think about it, maybe he would be like 16 or 17. So maybe 10 is a little bit high for you, Kyle, but you're going to get shit on for it. So but go ahead. Well, I guess at least it's not Joe Flacco. 
At least it's not Joe Flacco. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you say you're nine? Or did okay. you say did you say you're ten? You said you're no, 10? no, yeah. So so starting off the top ten, uh, Michael Carter the second was my ten. My number nine is JFM. Um, I think he's a really good player. I, I he's like he's like solid and everything, but a master of none. Um, minus rushing the inside, which he doesn't really do a, a ton of. But um, JFM's a really really good player. Nine, appropriate rank rank to me. Yeah, JFM's an interesting one. When I first wrote out the list, I had him even higher than I currently do, and I have him high, uh, but I actually dropped him two spots um, hmm. when I went through and did like a revision of the list. Uh, so nine for me is Mosley, and I think honestly, so much of it is just, uh, you know, what he's doing in terms of like, you know, making the calls and stuff. And this is why everyone wants to hype up Sherwood. Um, well, at least I've seen more of actual athletic ability from Mosley and stuff, but, uh, you know, I, I wanted to put Mosley lower than this, but then I kept thinking, oh, well, he did get these accolades and he is a team leader and things like this. And there are, there are other little things to the game that just go beyond uh, ability, but yeah, nine for CJ Mosley on the jets. I mean, just think about it. This guy got second team all pro, but he's only nine on the jets. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of appropriate, but I could also seeing him have like a, if you're telling me CJ Mosley actually has a below average year, I yeah. wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I'm surprised though. Like Mosley over Conklin. Okay. It's hey, it's 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 fine. Who do you think uh, was better last year? Mosley or Conklin? I don't like was Mosley like what Conklin was average? Was 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 Mosley really so much better than average last year? Like an average linebacker? I don't I don't know. And again, I'm I'm, I'm anticipating Mosley. Was Conklin another... even average? I mean, okay, he did he did I guess finish. He, he was top ten in receiving yards with, with Zach Wilson. It's not like yeah. he was. It's not like he was terrible. He had five six hundred yards. It's not like he was dreadful. That's that's for sure. Um, so what does he have with Rodgers? If he if he had again, it's, it's not the exact stats, but if he had six hundred yards with Zach Wilson last year, what does he have with Aaron Rodgers this year? 800, 700, 800? You know, maybe a target share. We can make we can make that whole argument, but he's a better player than he showed. What out were some of Conklin's best plays that stood out to you last year? Like I'm trying to think. Like he had that one toe tap catch on the sideline that was overturned on review against the the Browns last year. Um, I think it was on like a third down or something. That was a play that stood out to me. Uh, the, thing, the, the thing also with with like Conklin though is and did he have a big I, catch against the Vikings on the sideline? Or was it the the Lions? It was I know it was late in the season. But I'm I trying to think remember. like there weren't too many plays that oh wow, that was a great play by Conklin. How many great plays did Mosley make? He had that in red zone interception against the Bears. Okay, yeah, where where the quarterback threw it right to him. Yeah, that's that was a good one. <laughs> uh he also had the one where he jumped over the line of scrimmage on fourth and one. He also had the the attempted forced fumble that went for a touchdown. Uh he also had coverage bust. I I don't know. I just uh, I I who does more to run the team though? Sure, sure. But Conklin is a better tight end than, than Mosley is to me a linebacker, especially this year. I expect Conklin's trajectory to go up seven, eight hundred yards this year, maybe. Again, you can argue about how how much target share does he actually have. You get no argument from me there. Yeah. So I I, I don't I, if you had to choose one right now to be on your team, now we have more tight ends and we have linebackers, but Conklin's just a better, he's a better player. I think, but I I think you are overrating him a little bit. That's fine. Uh, my the overrated player I have is number eight to me. Uh, so I had him one spot above JFM. I have him over, and and yeah, is it a little high? Can I make the argument that maybe he should be like ten or eleven? You know, um, I could see him being below JFM, Michael Carter II, and Lawson. Um, 
but this year with Rodgers, I think he's going to be, I, I think we'd be very happy we have him as, as our receiving tight end. Um, and he's decent pass blocker. He's okay in the run games. So Conklin uh, is at eight for me. Probably, probably maybe two spots too high, but it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll keep him at eight. All right. Uh, so eight for me is John Franklin Myers. Okay. So close. Initially I had him at six, but then I switched it. Really six. I'm, I'm curious to, I'm curious to hear your next two guys for who he was over. Uh, so you well, have, it him. didn't make much sense to me when I, uh, when I looked it over the second time, I was like, yeah, he shouldn't be over those guys. So okay. So who was your seven? DJ Reed. Okay. Lockstep. Reed is my seventh. And I think now we're entering into like the more elite type of jets. Like these are the guy, I think mostly everybody's going to have the same top seven. I know somebody in the, in the chat said that Mosley should be in the top five. Mosley from three years ago, would be in the top five. Mosley is not a better, better player than Michael Carter second or JFM or Conklin or Reed. Mosley also, just, ha- let's not forget, you know, I was just defending Mosley a little bit too. Yeah. Joe was shitting on him. It was hard for me to defend Mosley in that instance. Mosley had two pretty poor games against the Patriots. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, made Mosley look bad among several jets made him look bad on several instances. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Reed is my seven again, really, really good player. Um, I don't think, I, I think seven's the highest you could have him. Right. Um, based on our next six guys, um, very, very good player. I just, I, I think we're right now we're at very, very solid near like pro bowl ish level players. But I think the next six are like players. So you could legitimately see the all pros next year. Now maybe could redo that. Sure. You know, I, I see him on the top 10 of some rankings and some statistical type stuff or things, but I don't think he's, I, I think there's a gap right here between seven and, or seven and six for me. Um, so who is your six guy? I, 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 I completely agree with yeah. that because I said that this player, like, like DJ Reed was like a borderline pro bowl last year and everyone really loved him. And it's like, Oh, you know, you got two lockdown corners and whatnot. And even Woody Johnson, I think like tweeted out recently that, you know, this guy was playing at a pro bowl level last year when he was speaking about Reed, but I never viewed Reed as like a game changer. Like sauce was a game changer. Like teams did not want to even throw his way. Like there were times when quarterbacks wouldn't even look his way. They would run the read to the other side of the field. Like he had the side. And, and by the way, your, your reviews on sauce definitely said that he was very far from perfect, but at the same time, teams didn't really want to test him too often. Uh, the same cannot be said for Reed. This player on the other hand was legitimately a game changer albeit not the hugest sample size, Brees Hall. Okay. Yeah. Um, the one thing I want to uh, address in this is that um, CJ Mosley was not top five uh, in tackles last year. And if you use tackles as a barometer of how good a player is, then I think what uh, Quincy Williams is better than Mosley, then, right? Or, or, or maybe not. Actually, it's not. That's not true. But like, let's well, see the list. I mean, it's certainly comparable, right? You know, uh, like who who is low on who is lower on the list? Um, we there, were some years, there were some years when um, God, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, yeah. the Jets had some safety. This is this is well over like 15 years ago or whatever. Uh, yeah. But there was some safety that the Jets had who got like over 100 tackles every year. And yeah, I, I'm sorry, but if a safety is getting that many tackles, that's not necessarily good for your defense. And you would think that, oh, well, you know, you got a safety who's racking up 100-something tackles a year. He must be great. 
So, so if we're going just based on tackles for how good guys are, Kyle, because that's what this, this is, that's what that comment is saying because he's high in tackles. It's mean he's good. Um, these are the guys who are above Fred Warner, who Fred Warner is probably the best linebacker in the NFL right now. Uh, Shaq Thompson, Cody Barton, Eric Kendricks, Bobby Wagner, Drew Tranquil, Bobby Okereke, CJ Mosley, Rashawn Evans, TJ Edwards, Jordan Brooks, Alex Singleton, Zari Franklin, Brokon Smith, Nick Bolton, and, and Aluakon. All those players are better than Fred Warner because they had more they had, they had more tackles than, I, than he no, did. I is think, that what I we're doing Fred, here? I think Fred Warner is number one by a decent margin. Truthfully. Exactly. But but there was 10 guys better had more tackles than him, so we're using tackles to quantify good, right? Yeah. So those players are all better than him, right? Like That's what we're doing? I don't know. Um, no. So Blake Martinez, yeah, used to be the top of the league. Paul Pozlugman was a very good player for years because he, I don't know if he has exactly more tackles than like Brian Urlacher or Ray Lewis in their careers, but is, is Paul Pozlugman a better player than Ray Lewis because he's more tackles? It also matters yeah. too, like, like what you're, you would notice, I mean, like the NFL's changed a lot, but 15, 20 years ago, there was always the big distinction. Oh, what do you run a four, three or a three, four? You would yeah. always notice that the teams that ran the four three more, obviously being that there's less linebackers on the field, their linebackers would all rack up more tackles than teams that ran a three four. Um, those like someone like a Joey Porter who was like always like you know near the top of the league, he, you know he wouldn't necessarily have a ton of tackles in any given year. Yeah. So it it's uh, what it's always what's the context of the tackles? Like, is this a guy who's meeting guys, stuffing guys at the line of scrimmage, making tackles for a loss? Uh, or is this a guy who's catching people after they've gained five yards on a run? Mm-hmm. There, there's so yeah, much it, contact. It, it's not a good barometer. And I, Art I, says Blake Martinez. I don't know if you already mentioned that, Joe, but yeah. Art, Blake Martinez. Yeah, I mean, nobody would ever consider Blake a top guy. Yeah, and, and I, I think we're talking about Mosley, and maybe I maybe I minced up my words a little bit, but Mosley, I said, is solid. I just don't think he's all pro, pro ball level player. I think he's above average, but he's definitely not top five in the league anymore. That's That's for damn sure. Um, but he's he gets tackles, so I guess he is. Um, so it's proven wrong. Um, so six for me, Kyle, same player. Um Brees Hall. And I think he could be better this year, but what? He's coming off a torn ACL. So uh I think he could be higher. It's just you have to hedge your bets a little bit with him. Um, so he just fell outside my top five as well, but I could easily see him being I could see him being two next year. Like who's to say? That if and you know, how to quantify it to watch film, all that stuff. But like if Hall continued the season, would we would we be saying that he's a better running back than Wilson is a receiver? Maybe like Hall could have ran for 1300 yards and had a lot more touchdowns, whatever it may be. But I'm hedging my bets a little bit with him at six. Yeah, um, the whole here, the so. whole idea of running backs don't matter. I do not agree with that statement. I mean, I understand why some people make it like the fact is you can find like some legit running backs in rounds three, four, five, whatever, mm-hmm. and running backs don't last long. So I understand why you wouldn't take Saquon Barkley at number two, but saying that running backs don't matter is like ridiculous. I mean, like how much does Nick Chubb matter? How much did Adrian Peterson matter? It depends on your team and where you are in your team's life cycle to me. Yeah. How much did Chris Johnson matter to the Titans back when he was, you know, CJ 2k and stuff? Um, They, they definitely matter. They definitely, how much does Derrick Henry matter to the, the Titans for all them years? I, I, it depends too. Like, you know, if, if, if it's like the final piece to push you over for a Super Bowl, okay. Or like even for the Jets offense where you need that playmaker, good. Like the offensive line's okay enough. But if you're going to be in, in the Jets situation in 2019 where you're going to be ass and you have an ass offensive line and you make a $13 million investment in Le'Veon Bell, dumb, dumb investment. Um, yeah. dumb investment. Even think about like so. McCaffrey. Like, 
I know so many running backs succeeded in that San Francisco offense, but just when you think what everything McCaffrey can do, especially from the receiving standpoint of the game too, I mean, like he had like a, a, a good amount of touchdowns last year, if I'm not mistaken, like mm-hmm. there's a reason why that team was in the conference championship game with a Mr. Irrelevant quarterback leading them. And there's no doubt McCaffrey was one of the legit reasons. So running backs definitely matter. It's just, it, you only want to invest so much money and draft. It's definitely the least, the least valuable position in the NFL, right? Like easily. If you have an elite one, as Rivka just said, it it can definitely do a lot for your team. I feel like there's a, like, it's almost like, like, and it's almost like the head coaches, like there's a guy who like make the difference, like the real difference at the top five, six, seven, eight guys. And there's a bunch of just Jags and it depends on your offensive line, but Hall matters as a running back, because I feel like he could legitimately be like one of those top five guys. Like he could be one of those elite guys. We're talking about the difference between like Michael Carter and Bam. If they're both like average players, then does it really matter so much? No, it's more of the offensive line, your offense, all that, all of that. But kind of depends on your situation. But um, moving on, uh, we have some people. So Angle's saying he has ABT, Quinnen Williams, Sauce, Garrett Wilson, Rogers. Um, I know you disagree with that, Joe. I yeah, yeah, you. yeah. So I'll start off. Rogers is actually my five, and it's and and this isn't this isn't a who is the most valuable player because obviously Rodgers would be one then, right? It's more about like, where do you stand amongst your position? And I think Rodgers is still a top five, six guy, a, a still a very, very good player. But if he, if he is a combination of what he was in like 2021 and 2022, then he's more in that six, seven, eight range. Whereas if he obviously was, what he was in 2021, he's top three. Um, but I'm expecting a little bit of a step down. I'm not necessarily expecting 2022 Rodgers, but at the same point, I'm not expecting 2021 Rodgers. I expect him to be five, six, seven ish in the range, however you quantify it. So again, it's not most valuable player. It's, it's respective to their positions. Uh, and to me, Rodgers is, is the fifth best player relative to their position on the Jets. Yeah. And I think there was enough examples in his tape from last year. And I know the thumb played a little bit of a role in having a bunch of Jag receivers, Mm-hmm. Also played some of a role, but there were some times when, you know, hanging balls inside, he doesn't have you know quite the mobility that he used to have. He was a little uh, bit shy in the trigger at sometimes. We saw there that. Was, there were some very questionable decisions that he made last year. And I know some of it's pressing a little bit too. I don't think that mm-hmm. all of a sudden you had this guy who's very careful and smart, makes smart decisions with the football. All of a sudden he became an idiot, but nevertheless, he still did make some of those decisions. And, you know, it could be for a variety of reasons why he did, but I understand why you have him at five. Mm-hmm. I have AVT at five. Okay. I, I have AVT one spot higher. Um, and part of it is the injury and things like that, Kyle. But like you watched what I what I broke down of him, and you obviously watch him as well. He was elite at guard last year in the, in yeah, the beginning of the year. He was I, fucking I so fun to watch. Like I love how AVT plays football. So if he's healthy, I think AVT hopefully stays at one spot for the rest of the year. If you told me, if you tell me, hey, right now, ABT is healthy all, all next year, I, I'm going to tell you he's probably going to be an all pro guard. I, I think he's that good. So I, I love what ABT is. I, I think ABT, just a little I'm smooth. kind of hedging my, sorry, okay, I'm my hedging bad. my this bets a little you. bit. I'm hedging my bets a little bit with ABT in terms of like all pro because I feel like he could be a better guard than maybe Wilson is a receiver. Um, but he was injured for a lot of last year. So maybe hedging a little bit, even though it's just a triceps thing. Uh, but ABT is is an absolute stud. And if ABT plays like he did all of last year when he was playing at guard, then yes, he is a better guard than 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 Rodgers as a quarterback, in my opinion. At this point, again, we're not talking about most valuable relative to their position type deal. Anything about this? 
Yeah, he was just so solid. I mean, just like we we were talking about how the team overall had trouble passing off stunts and things like that. But yeah, I mean, just little things like you know um, when at the exact moment when to peel off and give a little extra help here and then oh well let, let me let me you know go back and give some assistance to the center and just like knowing the precise moments when you have to you know get that drag hand in there and then. Uh, and then get off and then commit to the other uh, defender. Uh, just the word that came to my mind when watching that tape was uh, solid, just like so solid and so, you know, reliable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he's not like, uh, he's not like one of these guards that's like overly, you know, dominant in terms of like, they're just going to plow you into the ground, like a Quentin Nelson or something like that. But you don't necessarily need that. Um, especially the way that the Jets want to run their offense. But um Yeah. There was a lot to like in the six, seven games that he played last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So AVT was your five. Do you want to do four first or do you want me to do four? First? No, no, no. So Rogers was my five and AVT was my four. Oh, sorry. Okay. My bad. You did say that four for me. Uh, Garrett, these, these top four, uh, you know, I could see arguments for, you know, a lot of them being switched in different spots, but I do have Garrett Wilson at four. Okay. And, you want to talk about upside too? Like, there's a lot of upside here with this one, man. Uh, he could be, could be. I mean, like, we're just talking. Like, there's no doubt that Justin Jefferson. I have no problem saying he's the number one receiver in the league right now. But if we're just talking like sheer athletic upside, I mean, like, you could argue that Garrett Wilson is an overall better athlete than justin jefferson justin jefferson is a great receiver though i'd agree i'd agree with you i if you're saying hey justin jefferson's to reach his absolute peak ceiling and garrett wilson's to reach his absolute peak ceiling then garrett wilson has a higher ceiling is that going to happen i don't know um but like steven says i don't know our top three receiver in the league the, the thing with the thing with the receivers is and i'll i'll give it away he's my number three um it's just again like relative to your position, and maybe he's hurt a little bit by how freaking good receivers are right now in the NFL. But like, okay, top ten receivers, right? Like, who are you going to put him over this year if you had if you had to think about it? Just just based on target share and how you're going to quantify it, stats. Like, you have Diggs, you have AJ Brown, you have Cooper Cup, you have Tyreek Hill, you have Jamar Chase, you have Justin Jefferson. Like, there's a there are a lot of guys up there. So even if he's in the top ten, that's a huge leap to make like to solidify him in that group because there are 10 elite receivers in the NFL right now. Um so Did like, you even mention Devontae Adams? Okay, exactly. Like top like so we have Devontae, Hill, uh you got or so Devontae, you got Hill, you got Cup, you got Jefferson, you got Chase, you got Diggs. Um is there anybody else I'm missing from like that like undoubted top like six or seven guys? There's there's definitely one I'm probably missing. But like is he going to be better than those guys this year. Some people want to put Jalen Waddle up in there, but no. maybe not. Maybe not yet. Could he be? Sure. Am I going to bank on him being better than any one of those guys? I'm not going to take that leap, but I think he could. Like again, how do you quantify it? Um, but he's just in a really studly group of receivers in the NFL now, so maybe he got knocked a little bit for that. Whereas, like if you actually look at his, his rookie years, to me, was he better than Sauce? Re- like relative to just how good they were, I think he was a better player than Sauce in year one. Might be crazy to say. Uh, you know, again, how do you quantify all that stuff? I was more impressed watching his tape, but with that being said, Sauce I think is a top five corner. Where I'm Rif- not going to say that said CD Lamb as another name. Nah, no, nah. uh, like he's up there, sure. I, I, AJ Brown was another one of those in the Joe didn't like CD Lamb's college film that much. 
Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you feel what I'm saying there, Kyle. It's just like to to me, Garrett. I was more impressed, but Sauce. I think it's I, 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 I totally corner. get what you're saying. And we actually talked about this a little bit two weeks ago. And my response was basically like, I really wouldn't argue with you there other than the fact that corner is harder to play than receiver. Exactly. And that's, and that's part of it. That corner is harder to play. And also uh, you have some, uh, it, it's harder to play. And it's also, there's less good, like studly corners in the NFL right now. Whereas compared to receivers, there's, there's quite a, there's quite a few. Oh, by the way, so, I forgot to mention, um, Joe's part two of his sauce review. Part of it is joined by Marcus Coleman. Um, and that was interesting to get his take and stuff. And it did seem like based on the film that you watched, Marcus was a little bit higher on sauces tape than you just based on the small sample size that you watched. Yeah, he's, and he's, you watched he's, a hell of a lot more than he did. Yeah. He said he was top five. Um, Marcus really likes that, in, quote, in that range. if I'm, if I'm quoting him correctly, I really like his feet. He was talking about us big guys you know, it's almost like we kind of got to re we got to relearn and teach ourselves how to move being that tall as a corner. And for being someone who's like six, three, which Marcus said, I'm about six, two and a half. Uh, it's not necessarily easy and he's got really good footwork. So, yeah. what do you think about that? By the way, you, I, I would say I, I enjoyed really, it. Really I, I, you know, that, I hope yeah. that I, I know he's really busy and stuff, but I, I wish you could have him a little on a little bit more sometimes to talk defensive backs and stuff. Yeah. I want to talk about receivers, but it's always did fun. You know DJ like, read review. I did not. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe I throw on 32, 33, 34, 35. No, it's, it's, um, don't worry about it, man. It was, it was a good time. It was a good time with Marcus. It's always fun to like chop it up with somebody who played in the NFL. Right. So like, he's not going to bullshit you and all that stuff. And, um, it was good. It was, it was, it was a fun time. Um, but yeah, so again, while Garrett might, may have impressed me more than sauce in his rookie year, sauce is a better corner compared to other corners in the league than Garrett Wilson is a receiver. If even though he impressed me more, which is kind of weird to say, but yeah, Garrett Wilson is is my is my three. Did you give your three? You, or is All right, Wilson so three, three for me is Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Okay. Yep, yeah, and it's and, just um, part of it's the twenty two tape from last year, and part of it's me hoping and praying that there's not another drop off because sometimes that drop off with old age quarterbacks. I mean, look at Peyton Manning's drop off. I mean, we're talking MVP 55 touchdowns in a season, 2013, 2015. He's absolute garbage. Yeah. You know, Drew Brees, there was a similar big drop off. I mean, Drew Brees, his last year was, ugh. so, you know, based on the arm talent that I saw from Rogers last year, I, I don't, I don't think that's coming yet. Um, yeah, but I say with those guys, you saw some more ducks, like in those years prior, like, yeah, that's kind of an ugly, like, Peyton Manning was known for throwing ducks, like especially in those later years. And so was Breeze. Like Breeze, you know, it started at like, oh, he can't throw balls past like 25 yards. Then it was 20. Then it was 15. Then he was throwing slants to Michael Thomas for an entire year. So uh, Rodgers, like you heard, like you saw it last year, Kyle. I put up a play of even with a fractured thumb, he threw it like the ball like 60 yards. And then you have plays, uh, you have beat reporters at camp saying he didn't even plant his feet and he's throwing the ball 60 yards. Yeah. So the arm count's not gone. Even if it's, even with ninety five percent of what it was, it's still it's still a upper tier arm in the NFL. I don't think he's losing that anytime soon. Yeah, so that's very comforting to know um, that mm-hmm. hopefully we get him for next two three more years. By yeah. the way, I, I know I brought up some of the all time greats in Manning and Breeze. I know that a lot of people like to shit on Brady for last year, but I don't think the drop off with Brady was all that big last year. I think there was a lot of other things going on there. Arians retiring. Um, I for. Everything I heard, uh, Godwin never reco- really fully recovered from his knee injury and stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
didn't have Gronk last year. They had offensive line problems. So uh, I, I think Brady's quote-unquote drop-off was not so much on him. But anyway, so I did my three, um, and you stated your three, right? I Yeah, Garrett Wilson. And, but uh, Steven uh, – I'm going to call him – I don't know if it's the Stefan whatever. Uh, but he does Rodgers. It, it was his thumb injury. It was – I also saw a lack of trust in his, in his receivers and his offensive line. It definitely popped up sometimes where he either thought there was pressure there that wasn't or tried to get the ball – the ball too quick or – there was plays up the seam that I've seen him throw to the tight ends a thousand times that he wasn't throwing in 2022 after the injury. So I, I part of it was the injury. Part of it, was, I think, was also a lack of trust in his players. And like yeah. Kyle, I brought up in the review, and I'm not, I wasn't trying to be like like two green goggles with Rodgers, but like if his receivers just catch the ball at a normal late rate last year, how many more touchdowns does he has? He goes from 26 to 33, 34. You know, and then we're talking about it, like, yeah, a little bit of a down year, but not like a massive drop off. Like literally his first pass of the 22 season should have been an 80 yard touchdown that Christian Watson just dropped. So like it was part of the team as well. The team kind of sucked. Yeah, um, definitely the pass catching options were not impressive. Uh, the offensive line, I didn't really watch them closely enough, but I do feel like the Packers have like a decent amount of good players on defense. Uh, but you know, losing Devonte Adams, I mean, like you're, you're, t- you put that stud back on the team. Uh, I yeah. think his passing numbers look a lot better than what they did. Yeah. Here, I'm just going to pull, I'm just going to pull up that play for, for, for context. So it's like, this is one of those things where it's like yeah, literally the very first play of the season context matters because it's like, Oh, this is an incompletion. Uh, he's at the top. It's an incompletion, but it should have been an 80 yard touchdown. And by the way, I don't know why Christian Watson missed a good amount of games like in the earlier part of the year. And I'm not sure if it was injury or maybe they benched him for reasons like this. Oh, this kid's not ready yet. But I will say that at a certain point, once the kids started to play more and started to get it more, when he was on the field, the Packers offense was better. I could definitely tell you that for sure, because, you know, he had a couple of pretty damn good games where, you know, he's having like two, three touchdowns or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Some guys can just like create separation, like they have the skills and stuff to do it. Uh, I, I and I know I wasn't the hugest fan of this kid's college tape, but you know he, clearly he's very talented. But comparing him to someone like Dobbs or dude, Sammy Watkins is so washed up right now, man. Oh my is, god, is, is yeah. he even on a team? Uh, I don't know. I honestly, I don't. Be. I don't know. Yeah, there's a like I, I could I could throw a lot more plays in here in terms of in terms of him just you know people just not. Uh, you know, um, catching the ball and stuff like that, but you know, whatever. Let's see. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, it was it was part of his team. Like Romeo Dobbs was not impressed by him. Watson was good, but he he was not good at first. He dropped a lot of balls. The, whoever the tight end was, I think it was Tanya who got paid in in, in Chicago. Good luck, because Tanya is I was not impressed him at all. So it is what it is. I, I don't know. Um, there was a, like deep... a fantasy football year where he had like ten touchdowns the previous year or whatever. Which is play where like and even Aaron Jones, he rolls out to the right. Aaron Jones is wide open up, up the sideline. He throws the ball to Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones drops it. It's like he was not. He was not helping. He out. didn't impress me too much. Uh, I, I thought your your criticism of Jones in some of those Rodgers reviews was a little harsh. I do think that Jones with the ball in his hands uh, is pretty good at creating. Um, but in terms of like his receiving ability, it's probably not so good. Yeah. Okay, so Kyle, you went with you go first. So obviously, your two is going to reveal your one. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I will actually let you take a guess on this one. I'll tell you the answer, but I want you to take a guess. I think you put Q at one. You're right. Okay. So 
changed up a little bit from last year because because last year uh not that you were down on Q, but you were you feel like he didn't live up to his draft billing. And now you love Sauce. You put Sauce at like four last year, and he's a rookie. So clearly you loved what you saw at college, and as did I, and we were all excited when he when he picked him. Um, but for Q to go up to to one for you is actually quite a leap in 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 your mindset of Q. So Q must have really impressed you. And obviously, you just watched a review of Q as well, and I broke down his 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 season, and clearly you were impressed by what you saw, and then maybe even more impressed than when broke it down play by play. Yeah, uh, this was such a big jump from the previous years. Uh, I know that he had a pretty good year, sophomore year, a little bit of a down year in year three, but you compare all three of those first years to year four, and it's night and day. Uh, he really finally put it all together. So, you know, he shut me up. You know, I was a little bit of a hater, if you will, in the sense that he, I never felt that he lived up to the draft type. I was a proponent of you know, being fine with trading him for a first round pick when there was a couple of trade rumors and stuff. I was of the opinion that you don't give him a contract until you see what he does this year, which was, you know, last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he proved me wrong and answered all those questions for me. Now I said, you know, give him the bag. Uh, you know, he, he earned it. So Quinnen, number one, I have no problems with it. There's, you know, there's no flaws in his game. Like he's a good player. He loves the game of football. He understands the game of football. He works hard. He can pass rush. He's good in the run game. Uh, you know, you could, you could argue that, you know, he's a little bit on the smaller side, doesn't necessarily have the longest arms and stuff, but he knows how to use his body. Uh, mm -hmm. So yep. Quinn Williams, number one for me. And I have no problem saying it. He yeah, so proved me wrong. Pretty, pretty similar. I, yeah, I got, I got, Q at one. I have Sauce at two. Wilson at five. AVT at four. Rogers at 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 five. Um, and again, I, I think Sauce could legitimately be the best corner in the league next year. Is he now? I don't. Again, how do you quantify it? That's it's. We say that word a lot, but it's true. Like we have to actually watch the guys one for one. I think Sauce is very very good, but let's not act like he didn't have some flaws in this game, right? Like you know, tracking. I talked about it with Marcus. And I broke it down a lot in his review. He has to get better at tracking the ball deep. Um, that's something he undoubtedly has to get better on, um, his shuffle. There's sometimes he lets, he lets guys attack his blind spot that I don't necessarily love. Like, you know, you have to play against, uh, the Packers where he got the PD on Lazard process, bad results. Good. The, the, the pick versus the dolphins process, bad result. Good. If that ball wasn't late because of JFM, it's, it's a completion. It's not a pick. So, um, he has some room to improve where Q, I think if you, if you told, if I, if I told you right now, Kyle, obviously you have to. Aaron Donald's still in the league, but he's falling off at least a little bit. Quinn, and I don't think you'd be surprised if this was Sauce either, but still with Q. If I told you Q was the best defensive tackle in the league in 2023, you're not going to be shocked, I don't, I don't think. Um, shocked, no. I wouldn't bet on it, but shocked, no. Yeah, you know, and so he's a stud. He, he, he's really fun to watch. Uh, but let's let's go back to the kind of the beginning. So actually something I want to ask you. If, you, if you had Chuck Clark in this list, Kyle, do you, oh. do you know what, what range he would have been in or where, where would you have – where, do you, where would you um, have had Clark? Because I, I, I was trying to think about that, but then I was like, oh, let me not get distracted with that. Uh, Chuck Clark, where would I put him? Um, I had him too high. I, I, had, I had him pretty freaking high. I probably would put him right behind Becton and right before Dwayne Brown maybe. What, what spot was that at? Um, so that would be – that be 14 or something like that. I had him at, I had him at 12. I had him one spot over Mosley and one spot below Lawson. I, I think he's, I, I really, really liked what I saw from him. And unfortunately to me, they're missing their 12th best player on the roster this year because he's gone. And, and 
considering we got him for a seventh round draft pick and like $4 million or whatever it was this year, hell of a move by Joe Douglas. And I touted it as the best off season move uh, just days before he, uh, he got injured for the rest of the year, of course, because that's how shit happens. But uh, yeah, that, that one, that one hurt because I really, really liked what he was. It sucks. And we, and neither of us even had Amos on our top 25. So Nope. To act like it's probably not going to be a drop off. I'd be lying. Just, yeah. you know, what a Jetsy thing to have uh, a player who had the Ironman streak, 1,200, 13, almost 1,300 consecutive snaps, and then doesn't even play one snap with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had him very high. And then a couple of guys who I had just I had just off of the list, who you mentioned, Kyle, I had Clemens. Um, right, right, I, I didn't make an actual like list, like one through five, but I, I had Clemens on there. Um, I had McDonald on there. I had Ruckert on there. I actually think Ruckert could be pretty solid this year if he can win that tight end two job. I see that. Um, and then I had the other two guys I wrote down were Amos and and Hardman. Um, Hardman didn't make my list, which is surprising. You you had a guy like Hardman a couple of years ago, and Jets fans are freaking out. But I think fans realize what he, what he kind of is. But he just missed the list. And another interesting kind of factoid of the list was we didn't have what another about Denzel back. Mims. Did he make your list? He or did not make my list. You're, you're almost. Uh, Dude, I'm I'm curious to what see about where Bam Michael Knight. Put. What about Bam Knight? Did you consider him? So I put I put Bam Knight in question marks here too. I, I think the next couple of guys like maybe Bam, maybe Uzama, but Carter. I I think he's the one who probably dropped off the most, right? Like uh, Michael Carter. Both. Yeah. So let's see. Where did you have Carter in your previous year's list? That's what I'm trying to find right now. I don't I don't know if I deleted it after we talked about so it. So Michael on that, Carter for me, if, it, it was 22 this year. Uh, and let's see, I got, I have my list from last year. I had Michael Carter at 13 the previous year. Yeah. I I might've, I might've deleted my list after we talked about it for the second time this year. Uh, Kyle. Yeah. I don't see it. I think, I think I deleted my list from last year, but he was definitely in my top 20 at the minimum. And now he's not even in my top 30 for the Jets this year. So he fell off pretty hard, uh, which is obviously unfortunate. Um, stickers of boots says, what's up, fellas? Definitely going to have to watch this one back. Yeah. I appreciate that, but thank you for being here at the minimum. Throw a like while you're here. Also, if you are a person who j- would like to watch this on the po- or listen to this on the podcast app, you can't have YouTube up for three hours, whatever it is, because you don't have YouTube red or black or whatever it is. Premium. Uh, po- po- okay. YouTube premium. Um, go to the podcast app, Blue It Splits. All of the streams, not the actual film reviews of the streams are going to are available on the uh, podcast app now as well. So, um, yeah. So, Kyle, um, I think we're towards the end. Oh, I don't know if you want to talk about this or maybe we're going to hold it off the last next week because it's already 8.30. I'm, I'm going to leave this up to you. Um, updated like film thoughts on some guys you've watched. You've watched quite a few. So I don't know if you want to run through some thoughts or if you want to save it for, for a different show. Yeah, we should probably save it for a future show. But um, let me Good. see if I could think of anything real quick to say. I just want to pull up like a list of the ones I watched. Maybe you want to get to the chat or if there is a chat while I do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's really there's really not a ton in the chat. The thing the thing is uh, for some of the people who have been watching the reviews again, a- uh, Amos just came out. Kuntz, Converse, Jefferson, Woods, Cobb came out. Um, as Speaking soon- of Cobb, did you think of putting Cobb on your list? Nah, nah. It like somewhere in that range, maybe like near 30, 31, 32, But but no, no. Okay. Um, even though I like Cobb, I like Cobb more than other people. But uh, once Q is signed. There's going to be a review following that, like three seconds after he's signed. So that's coming. Uh, Rogers Part Three, Brees Hall, ABT, where I, you know, uh, just talk so well about him. Uh, you have Tony Adams coming, Garrett Wilson Part Two, Zaman Knight, Tristan Colon, Yadni Kajus, Sauce Part Two, which is featuring Marcus Coleman for a good chunk of the review. Uh, Schweitzer, Rogers again, and Turner. So 
Um, yeah, Kyle, any, anything you want? To I don't think I have on? anything to say at the very end of the show, so we could just yeah. hold that stuff for another time. Okay, so next week I will be on on Wednesday talking to you guys about whatever we're going to talk about next week. I don't really think a lot's going to happen. And then two weeks from today, Kyle will be back on. We'll be talking about the AFC East, stacking our position groups up against the AFC East to see how strong we – maybe we should do a number system, Kyle. I like doing that. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should do like a Like have like a formula of how to rank it? Yeah, right. Like maybe maybe we should do something. Maybe someone in the chat has a good idea, but maybe the the least amount of points is the best and the most points is bad. So if you're four, you get four points and, and whoever has the most points at the end of the Yeah, I the remember the last time we did it, roster. you were asking me to come up with this point system uh, on the right on the air and then everyone was criticizing me for it. Yeah, so maybe we should do that because the least amount of points being the best and the worst being the obviously the least best, maybe that's what we should do and you should track it or be cool with that. So we're going to stack the AFC East um, by position group and then we're also going to stack the Jets position groups in order by how strong they are. Uh, we have a couple of questions. R- Rivka, Rivka did say that w- we should weight it by position group, which... Yeah, but how do you, how do you quantify that? Like, how yeah, you- that that that's difficult. Like, obviously, so running back should not be as much as receiver. So you could argue the Jets have a better running back room than the Dolphins do. Or the Dolphins have a better receiving room than the Jets. So should the Dolphins get more points in that scenario? I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really really hard to connect to. Like, I, I think we just do it baseline level. Unless unless Rifka can come up with something really you know uh, really smart off the cuff, but maybe. Um, is Schweitzer worse than Herbig? I'm taking Herbig over Schweitzer, but I will say that I was lower on Schweitzer prior to doing his review. I did like his first 10 plays and they were about what I expected, pretty negative. And then like the following 20 plays were actually a little bit, um, I was a little bit more impressed with Schweitzer than I thought I would, that I, that I was prior to actually recording the show. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I would take, I would take Herbig over Schweitzer. I would also take Tristan Clone over Schweitzer, but um, yeah. My answer is going to be too math. 100 percent Rifka. You're going to be doing like it's going to be like doing calculus and all that shit, which I can't do. Uh, you guys are going to be at training camp if so. Which day? I can't speak to Kyle. I can speak for myself. I hate going to training camp. Uh, I think it's a giant waste of time. To be completely transparent, so I will not be there. It's just you get a lot of the updates anyway from the from from Twitter, and you drive an hour and a half there and then like two hours back because all the traffic and shit it's just it's not really worth it to me well joe lives further than me number one number two i have the summer off so you know and my dad likes going some days so i will be there at least one day if not two days uh i would like to say which day i'm gonna be there but i don't know yet because them tickets sell out quick and i say sell out but you don't even have to pay for them but if you don't subscribe for them in the first like however many minutes you're not going to get the premium days like you're the weekend days are going to be sold out or whatever so mm-hmm. what i think they go on sale july 17th or whatever uh i'm going to try to go on as soon as they're available and, and register for as many as i can and then see what days my dad wants to go uh so i don't have an answer yet because i don't have the tickets yet as does nobody. So I'll let you know uh, once I know. You'd have to quite literally pay me to be there. I, I just there, there's no there's no way I see myself taking like five hours out of my day to go to to watch pretty much nothing, Kyle. Like realistically, like what are your real takeaways from training camp? I don't know. I'll, I'll get it from you though, so that, that makes me feel a little bit better. I trust you more than the beat well, So 
one thing that they have last year and this year that they didn't have when you used to go is they do have the joint practices now. And I do think that you get a little bit extra. Are those open? Is there an open one for open practices? Yes. There's a couple. They're doing with the Buccaneers this year. And there's a couple that are open to the public. They did. I may rescind one of them. I I may rescind that. If it's going to be Jets first bucks for practice maybe maybe i'll think about going actually wish they still had brady not baker mayfield and last year we got to watch marcus Mariota. um he sucks uh but yeah anyway um so i'll let you know in about two weeks i guess when we do our next stream i should know which day is i'll, I'll be going yeah so like i said next next stream me solo uh answering your questions the one after that's gonna be kyle and i stacking up the position groups we'll do the the point system and see who has the actual best team now again obviously the jets may come out with the dolphins over running back but receivers they're better so how do you really quantify it, all that stuff but just based on a generic point system we'll see who has the best roster um other than that again a shit ton of reviews um if i recommend any you know woods avt sauce garrett wilson you know i, I would say were some of the more fun ones off the top of my head um, but in general there's 31 reviews total out i are coming out i think i have like 18 out right now so if you want to learn more about your team go watch if you don't then it doesn't matter uh jedx has a press pass can't you get into the closed practices uh yes yes well yeah yeah i, I could um do i want to no like, and like even when i talked about going to training camp and stuff it was the closed practices and that's when i was with uh jet nation and, and toj and i had like the, the the press pass but i said i don't know it was like fun like the first like day or two were like cool like, look i'm at practice and i was like dude it's fucking hot out you can't see shit it's a bunch of players you can't see over them you can't really tell like see what's uh what's going on tony adams is an exciting one for me yeah tony adams is up or, or is going to come up i think actually see that might that might be tomorrow. Uh, so you can see Blewitz is Blewett's a little um I want to use the word selfish, but he's very concerned about his time. This is how he gets out all these film reviews for you guys. He has to be very um choosy about how he's going to use his time. And training camp isn't necessarily it. He'd he'd rather be watching the all twenty two stuff. And can you blame him? I can't blame him. Well, the thing about it, like, like, and I was somebody's talking to me this the other day at work. How long and it depends on obviously the amount of, of games I'm watching, but how long does each review take, right? I would say I would say each review for me, time invested to each one, clipping the plays, talking about the plays, putting it out, is probably maybe 10 to 15 hours a player, right? So you're talking even if it's 10, which may, maybe it's an overshot. I don't know. Let's just say so. Let's say let's say you all right. Let's an hour long review. Let's say you do an hour on Carter Warren, fourth round draft pick. He maybe he deserves an hour, an hour worth of like, you know, you talking about him. How yeah. much time does that take you to watch the plays, snip the plays, then record yourself, you know, talking about them in total? Yeah, I, I would say I would say about like like ten like ten hours total. Like maybe maybe ten out. Like and that might even be an undershot. But I'm I'm either lowballing it. Ten hours is to watch. How many games did I watch of Carter Warren? Maybe I don't know, like six. Like a, a regular player is sixteen games in a season. Let's just say like a regular all season, sixteen games for a Sauce or whoever it may be. Um, how long does it take you to watch sixteen games and clip it? Like again, even if it's ten hours low, low balling, like forty minutes a game, which is pretty quick. You're talking about three hundred and ten hours for the reviews. <laughs> like I, I don't work a full time job, so uh, yeah. Nonetheless, not taking on my soapbox. And you're but, married, uh, and I'm married. Yeah, um, eventually I'll have kids, so we'll see about about that. Like I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to figure all that shit out. But nonetheless, I appreciate everybody. A shit ton of reviews are out. 
regardless of naming them all, um, I will be back next week. Kyle will be back in two weeks. And uh, we appreciate you. And we will catch you guys later. Adios.